Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast, where we look at everyone's favorite yeah, award show voted for the people, the MTV Movie Awards, some of those wild categories year by year, and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And today, join today we are talking about MTV Movie Awards 1999, and we have a guest with us today. Yeah, the ho- host of the podcast, yeah, Ain't They Buttes, and uh, yeah, expert on movie debuts, which maybe isn't going to help us here, but we'll find out, is Jack Reed. Jack, how are you? I am great. Yeah, none of these five uh, nominees are debut films for their directors, uh, but that's okay. I still know a decent amount about each of them coming in, so I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, because like this, this is like branching your wings a bit, getting past like just debuts and. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I don't know how to talk about something that someone made from the ground up with nothing. So it'll be interesting. People make second movies. It's true. Uh, well, that's actually a problem I've run into on that podcast is a lot of time I will want to talk about um, <laughs> things outside of a closed reading. Although I will say when, when Kenny was on the show, we talked about Tony Scott's The Hunger, and I think we mostly did a great job of talking about The Hunger. Um, yeah, though I also worked yeah. in like references to like eight to ten of our Tony Scott movies. That's <laughs> true, but we didn't go on like paragraphs about, you know, like Beverly Hills Cop 2 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you listen to the True Romance episode and heard me just go on about Tony Scott for like two minutes there, and we're like, man, I want to hear like two hours of that. Just listen to the <laughs> Hunger episode of Jack's podcast. But we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, Jack. Something I've decided we ask guests, even though I don't think Ben and I have ever answered this question ourselves, is mm-hmm. what does kissing mean to you? Oh man, I love I I love kissing. I love watching it. I love doing it. Uh, kissing rocks. Kissing is 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 one of my all-time favorite things next to movies so you know like it sounds like i uh, have a lot to talk to both of y'all about off mic um i kiss and rocks and and i love a good movie kiss like more than almost anything in a movie Um, and i have very like strong feelings about what good kissing looks like and what it doesn't look like and all i'll say about what it doesn't look like is it doesn't look like any kissing that's ever happened in the marvel cinematic universe (laughs) yeah um Definitely, we can agree with that. So, except for maybe like a couple of Thor smooches, like there's some good, there's some good Hemsworth Portman smooches. I, I retract my statement that that's that's, yeah. and then I think that's why they, I think that's why she didn't come back, um, because of uh, for for a while because uh, oh, yeah, like, said the smooching was too hot. I always forget that the first Thor is like half like rom com. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of it. Like she has like real hunger in her eyes the whole time, and it. Like I'm actually very I'm 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 a big fan of in the MCU I'm a very big fan of the Thors more than like any of the others but like a big part of it's because of how horny they both are it's great yeah weirdly the only MCU film I think that gets nominated is Captain America the Winter Soldier which is who kisses the road oh that's oh whatever Marshall yeah. and Chris Evans yeah it's oh god whatever sure I mean it's a fake out what all right. All right. Yeah, I, I will say I will I'll say one more thing about kissing and what it means to me. Um, I, 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 I in, in a good movie kiss like this is something I thought a lot about this morning when I was going through the nominees. 
it's just as much about what surrounds the kiss than the kiss. It's just as much about what surrounds the kiss as it is about the kiss itself. You know what I mean? About like, what's in the margins? What are the circumstances? What's the editing doing? What, like, what are the actors doing like around the kiss? And I have been thinking about that a lot, especially in the context of what I think are the two best movies nominated in this category. So, sad. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, so if we want to get in into it there, so the 1999 MTV Movie Awards were held on, yeah, Saturday, June 5th, 1999. Um, they were hosted by Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, just probably in the heat of, like, Friends mania. I don't know if she had anything else going on there, but it's... In, yeah. in 90, this is in 99, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's mean. She's the second Friends cast member to do it. A few years back, Courtney Cox and John Lovitz hosted. That's a weird duo. Yes. Um, I mean, at this point, she you know she's got Analyze This out. I think is this year. Um, so she's she's doing okay. She's got that, and then Romy and Michelle like a couple of years ago. So she's okay. She's, you know, she's she's got more than Friends going on. She's around. Yeah. Um yeah. this yeah, this year, yeah, there's something about Mary wins best movie. Um we're gonna talk about it, but there's something about Mary gets as many MTV movie award nominations as Titanic. <laughs> which is one under speed, still the most nominated movie in MTV movie award history, Speed. Uh, great, great movie. Uh Speed, a debut. Uh, Sorry, just oh, hey. Yeah, Jan de Bont's uh, uh, debut, uh, One Day. I would love to cover it on my show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's something about Mary, which it's funny because when you look at the parallels around like the Oscars, this, of course, is the year where Shakespeare in Love wins kind of controversially after like a campaign run by mm -hmm. um, <laughs> noted awful person Harvey Weinstein. And yeah. Yeah, I would say it deserved the win over Saving Private Ryan that year. I, I am fully, uh, you know I'm on board. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and both and yeah. both of those are here there, but, you know, looks like old Weinstein couldn't buy his way to the victory here. Just Oh, jeez. Yep. Yeah. And then Armageddon <laughs> and The Truman Show were the other best movie nominees this year. Honestly, probably a stronger best picture lineup than like the Oscars for that year. If oh yeah. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, because it's it's Shakespeare in Love, Saving Private Ryan. Um, I can't remember the others. Has to be some of my other favorites from that year, like Babe Pig in the City and, and a few others. But, uh, but oh, yeah, yeah. I really remember the feud that year more than it. Ben Red Line is in that lineup, right? Best picture. Oh yes, yeah, the Malik. I mean, yes. if anything, if it weren't going to be Shakespeare in Love, then Red Line is like the is like the one. You know, like the better war movie that year, Terry Malick's best movie still, I think. And well, you know, uh, but it's that's that's a good that actually, I don't know. That is a really stacked best picture year. Hmm. And it doesn't have there's something about Mary in it. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah. And then Best Kiss was introduced this year by Catherine Zeta-Jones and Ricky Martin. Did they kiss when they were on stage? Um, possibly. It's like I don't think it's mandatory if the presenters like this year this year's presenters, Addison Ray and her co-star in He's All That, a movie that might get nominated <laughs> and we have to talk about one day, definitely did a thing where they're like, Well, we're not gonna smooch, and they did the nominees, and you come back and they're just kissing. 
That is cute. I like that. I think they should all have to do that. Like, maybe maybe not like in a COVID year, but like I, I think they should all have to have to like do a little, even if it's not on the lips, like a kiss on the forehead, you know, a, chival- yeah. a chivalrous kiss on the, the hand, you know. We'll talk about like best That's kiss right. becomes an interesting thing for the MTV Movie Awards because mm-hmm. I think yeah, and we'll talk talk about this in a yeah a bit more, but I think it, it kind of becomes like, unlike the video music awards where like there's live performances and you could have some kind of crazy thing happen. Like, you know, maybe someone's dancing with a live snake or like interrupting a winner to say who really should have won. But like that, <laughs> the MTV movie awards, I think is more subdued affair. And eventually they kind of realize that best kisses are window to like have sort of moments. So they often try and get the winners to recreate their kisses. Like, I know eventually we'll talk about the note, the notebook one, which is a pretty famous reenactment. But today, only one like of the all the recipients who have like accepted and done speeches. The only recreation we've seen so far has been uh, Natasha Henstridge and Anthony Gadara for Species, which was literally just for a joke, so he could get a kiss and not die at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, so if you want to get into the movies, though, for this year. So. Yeah. yeah, and as I remember always, we start with the winner. Yes, this is not something you forget every week, <laughs> and I have to remind you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. speaking of, uh, of like, forgetting, um, when you messaged me yesterday saying, like, oh, is, is this time okay? I definitely didn't think I had a whole extra day and had to watch all five movies last night ending <laughs> ending with shakespeare in love where i was like crying tears of happiness by the end it was like five in the morning <laughs> it was You're like thank god i didn't end on lolita I just oh yeah i think that one was like square in the middle which was just <laughs> but you know i i absolutely adored shakespeare in love i really like that movie yeah it's 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 magic mm. one of my one of my personal favorite best picture ones yeah. Um, but first, let's wait. Did you f- remember we started with the winner, but forget we list the nominees first? I can. I'll one day. I'll remember both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want you want to give us that list? Do you have it on you or just? Yes. Um. So uh, for nineteen ninety, the nominees were um, out of sight with George Clooney as Jack Foley and Jennifer Lopez as Karen Sisko. Uh. Wild Things, starring Matt Dillon as Sam uh, Lombar- Lombardo, uh, N- Neve Campbell as Susie Taller, and De- uh, is it Denise? Yeah, Denise. Uh, yeah, Denise Richards as Kelly Van Ryan. Um, yes, you didn't hear that wrong. There were three for that year, uh, for that nomination. Um, as well as a uh, Lolita starring Jeremy, Iner- Jeremy Irons as um, Professor uh, Humbert and Dominic Swan as um, Lolita. Um, as well as There's Something About Mary starring Ben Stiller as Ted uh, Stroman. I think that's how you pronounce that. And Cameron Diaz as Mary Jensen, the aforementioned Mary that there is something about, with the winner being Shakespeare in Love, with um, Gwyneth Paltrow as uh, Viola or uh, Viola and uh, Joseph uh, 
Fiends? Fiends. Fiends. Joseph Fiennes as the William Shakespeare who is in love. Hey! Yeah, so... Uh, oh yeah, off the top, just so people know going in, one of these films is disqualified from our personal KISS rankings, and one of them is Borderline. Um, the best, but Shakespeare yeah. in Love is neither, is neither of those things. It's just lovely. It's just, yeah. Oh, I especially, I love watching this, especially off the heels of... Um, Romeo plus Juliet. Um, it's not quite off the heels, but maybe off like the calves of. But yeah, no, I I thought this was an absolutely lovely movie. How um, awful yeah. would it have been if my plan this whole time was to come on and passionately fight for Lolita? I've <laughs> <laughs> been so mad. I would have been. I you would have been so angry. I I did not watch it, and I and I don't think I. Despite my love uh, for for a lot of Adrian Lin's movies, we'll we'll probably not ever watch it. I don't think. Um, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like I don't know why. But, well, I think. Uh, yeah, I watched these films a few weeks ahead of everyone, and like mm-hmm. I definitely watched Lolita, and I've cooled down a bit now. But at the time I finished, and I messaged you, I'm like, yeah. So if you like rewatch any stuff, don't watch Lolita. Like, well, yeah. Then. Um, yeah, it is a yeah. But we'll we will we will get to that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. For now. yeah. But Jack, yeah, rumor has it you know a little bit about Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, go go for yeah. it. Let's okay. Um, so uh, part of my my background in life, just like one of the many things that like make up my my DNA and my passions and all that jazz, are that uh, God a long time ago, I, uh, summer of. T- 2004 i was 14 years old and i got sent to um to a shakespeare camp in virginia by my family um because they knew that i you know liked liked theater a lot and uh they were like try it out and i i went and i fell in love with it and it has like been like a love affair ever since and i um i will sometimes still like i you know i went there for a long time um i've directed a number of shakespeare plays at this point in my life um in fact, the last play that I directed before the pandemic began was uh, Winter's Tale, uh, Washington, D.C., my favorites. And I also, like, you know, combining this thing that I love that that I believe, like, is is so, is most itself on stage, of course, um, which is something I think this movie is about, actually. Um, uh, combining that with, with film, one of my other big loves is um, a wild thing for me because there are a lot of, really wonderful Shakespeare adaptations and there are a lot of really terrible ones and I have um I have I have strong feelings about them um but I love seeing people tackle Shakespeare on film um there's a, a this year that is it is undated but I got to see it as part of Sundance earlier this year called our hashtag J that I adored um that is um uh is, is like super trite as it sounds like a really good take on like using social media or sorry using Shakespeare through a prism of like social media and it actually works really well even though I've like seen that done before really badly and like a number of a number of different ways it actually works really well so I'm always I always want to see how people use Shakespeare on film I always want to see how they respond to it and this is not obviously not like a direct um, adaptation of any of the plays or, or anything um, nor is it a biography we should say like this is not a biopic in any sense of the word. Um, because we know so little about the guy himself. 
Um, but um, like, for example, I don't think he was quite this straight, <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's another story. Um, but this is a movie that like for, is, is probably in like my top 10 of like Shakespeare films that, that specifically are like, I think if you wanted to communicate the joy that Shakespeare brings people and like specifically like young theater artists, of which I used to be one and, and of which I, I still teach sometimes. Um, this this kind of captures that in a really beautiful, a really beautiful way. And I still think, you know, this, this Tom Stoppard script is just, you know, out of sight. Um, no pun intended. I just realized that's the name of one of the movies nominated. Um <laughs> I think, is in- <laughs> <laughs> I think Paltrow is great in it. Joe Fine is what he is. Like, he does what he's supposed to. He, do- he does what he needs to. He, as the meme goes, he understands the assignment. Um, <laughs> but, like, the, you know, just this cast is, is um, I mean, Colin Firth, just, like, all-time great um, uh, Weasley villain. Affleck, like, at the height of his power is just perfect. Judy Dench winning an Oscar for less than 15 minutes of screen time. And then incredible supporting roles by like Wilkinson and and Jeffrey Rush and Imelda Staunton and Mark Williams, like friggin' uh, Ron Weasley's dad himself with one of the all-time, like for me, triumph moments in a movie where he gets past his stutter. Something I feel like a little bit iffy about like in 2021, seeing that portrayed on screen by someone who doesn't actually have a speech impediment, but, and, and also the idea of like overcoming it to, do, you know, I feel a little bit squiffy about that now. Um, that moment in particular, but it is the way he plays it is really gorgeous. And, you know, this movie is just like absolutely perfect. I and, and I actually sometimes get mad that it's directed by John Madden of all people, because John Madden is like not a particularly notable director in any sense. Like I look at the movies he's made and it's he's good at what he does. I mean, he's done Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. He did both of them. He's done Kill Shot, which is uh, an Omar Leonard um, adaptation, just like Out of Sight. Anyway, boring guy. I don't have much to say about him. Um, but it kind of bothers me that he directs this because I want to be able to place this in like a director's arc. Um, but anyway, going going back to like how it relates to Shakespeare. Um, obviously, like Shakespeare did not meet this 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 girl and like you know fall in love with her in this way and then write the play. And it also mixes up a lot of things about like time period. Like if you were a purist about history, this is not the movie for you because he didn't even write Twelfth Night at the same time as Romeo and Juliet, which this movie suggests. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, none of that matters at all. Because what this movie gets right is about what it feels to like be in love with his language, which like as a young actor, I was. And as a director, I am. And as a fan, I am. And, and you know, it is that way for countless people. There are plenty of reasons not to be doing Shakespeare in 2021. Um, like a lot of reasons that I don't really think this podcast is for me to uh, come on and say. Um, but but if you if the, like there are ways to justify continuing to do Shakespeare and in 1998, this was on the heels of a really exciting decade for him where we got Ken Branagh's um, uh, Much Ado and his Hamlet, which uh, is, is also really good. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet, all these exciting things. And here's a movie about like how much his just his work as a whole means to the people who fall in love with it. And I think that that is really special. It's also a really gorgeous um, recreation of the Globe Theater. Um, It is like this set is just absolutely stunning. My heart swells every time uh, the movie starts and that tracking shot begins. It's it's utterly beautiful. It's great. I really, really love this movie and it captures so much of what I love about Shakespeare. 
And it's just, yeah. And I mean, and and I didn't even talk about the kiss. I assume we're going to get to that. Um, but <laughs> good winner. Absolutely a good winner. Yeah. Like, like the the best possible one. And I actually thought about other movies that didn't get nominated, which uh, Kenny knows I have something to say about at some point. Um, I actually thought about other movies that didn't get nominated this year for this category. And even, you know, even with those, this is still the winner. I mean, it just, it's just so obvious. It's perfect. Well, now you're giving the game away, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ben, do you want to do the summary or should I? Um, yeah, I think I can do the summary on this one pretty good um cool cool yeah yeah so essentially this movie kind of opens up in sort of uh, i'm not sure what what's i don't know what the location is it's sort of um i guess england what it would be um uh and yeah it's just shakespeare is sort of just like writing play there's like a lot of like movement happening he's like he sort of promised like several people like certain plays that he hasn't even begun writing on because like he's lost his muse which he like tries to get back by like seeing this like girl, but this girl is also like cheating on him with another guy. Um, and then um, after that, oh, Kenny, do you actually want to do this? Sorry, I, I'm blanking on all like this total middle chunk of the movie. Oh, yeah, no, I can do it. So, yeah, I think you got it there. Should be mentioned that like the girl he's initially interested in is already like the mistress of like the rival theater company from the one he works at perfect and he's trying so yeah he's supposed to be writing this play romeo and ethel the pirate's daughter um the iconic play of course iconic comedy with the happy ending everyone loves i, I really like the adaptation uh Ro, romeo plus ethel yeah there's a lot that kind of goes back of him kind of playing these two yeah, theater owners against each other a bit, but eventually he has a script and he's gonna like put it on. And meanwhile, Gwyneth Paltrow, who his it's Gwyneth Paltrow's gonna pop up a couple times on this podcast in at least yeah, what giving like some of her best performances. This is one of them. Um, the other comes in a much worse movie called Bounce, which. Features her co-star in this film, Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> yeah, they get a kiss in that one. But yeah, so she's playing this Viola, who's the, the daughter of Bounce. a merchant. It's bad. God, Bounce is insane. It. It sucks. <laughs> I've I've told Ben what it's about. It's I think it's a top three Paltrow performance, but it's just an <laughs> insane premise. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. She's fine yeah. in it, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, it's like if I oh, what's the movie about? Then it's like a slightly less fucked up version of like the Passengers one mm-hmm. with like Chris Pratt and Lawrence. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, little. much less fucked up because like no, he no one's life is getting thrown yeah. away here. But not um, to get too ahead of things, I do want to say the director of Bounce, and I re- I just remember this very well, is named Don Ruse. That's D O N space R O O S. Great name for a director carry on <laughs> that's so good um yeah so but yeah so viola who is yeah paul there she likes to she sees these plays and she wants to audition for one but of course in this time women are not allowed to so she yeah disguises herself as a man named thomas kent and she gets like his interest because she does a speech from yeah 
Two Gentlemen of Verona, which yeah, one of like Shakespeare's plays. But then like he starts asking her questions and she just kind of panics and runs and he basically goes to her house, but without realizing like the identity essentially just leaves a note with her nurse asking him to begin like rehearsals of this Rose theater. Um, meanwhile, her parents are marrying her off to Colin first Lord Wessex. Who's this like aristocrat in need of money. Um, what a piece of shit. I love, I love it. It's Colin, Colin Firth is my mom's favorite actor. Makes um, sense. Yeah, based on a movie we're going to talk about in a couple of years, Bridget Jones' Diary, mm -hmm. and like other stuff he's done since then. And it's something where like she wants to see all this, all the stuff, but I, I don't know if she's seen Shakespeare in, in love, but like it's also one where I, I had to tell her, I'm like, because she's like, hey, he's always a good guy. I'm like, not in Shakespeare in love. She's like, oh, okay, but like often, just yeah. So like. But yeah, he's this real smug, like, he's given Billy Zane and Titanic a run for his money as terms of, like, just smug, rich villains yeah. go. Um, yeah. Although so, he does not do any, he does not do anything as bad as the, the thing with the kids in the lifeboats, I will say. His, he's just sure. kind of a weasel. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does not, like, take someone's kid so he can get onto, like, a lifeboat. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm all sure. Yeah. yeah. So then, as so the so it kind of goes and they work along the play and there's there's just different stuff going on around the time. There's like a subplot with his fellow playwright Christopher Marlowe, who's like a rival of his, but also like helps him out a bit, which I believe is a nod to history to some degree. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, or at least what people have like suspected. Yeah, um, a lot of this movie is like, I mean, again, like the whole the whole thing is like wholesale fabricated, um, just from like funny jokes and inspirations, and they like you know like words, words, words. What he says to his therapist, like a lot of it's just like funny jokes, but there also are some like suggestions as to what like you know what what might have actually happened in his life that are littered throughout the plot, and that is yeah. And that and that's the uh, kind of stuff that's cool. Um, eventually, he does he does figure out Viola's like identity pretty early on, and it is something where like they confess they're attracted to each other on a balcony. Oh yeah, because although this is not like suggesting, oh yeah, he lived through Romeo and Juliet. Like he does often the plot echoes like stuff that becomes Romeo and Juliet, um, including the nurse and like a balcony scene and. Things like that. Staunton doing the best screen version of the nurse from Romeo and Juliet I have ever seen. I know that she is not like playing the actual character, but still, she is like just classically the best um, nurse that was on screen ever. ever. Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, yeah, right. and then it eventually gets to a point where she has to go to court to receive approval from the queen for her marriage. And Shakespeare, at this point, she and Shakespeare are actively having, like, an an affair. Um, we'll circle back to the kiss. I'm pretty sure it's happened at this point. But it gets to the thing where, like, the, so, somehow it gets to a conversation about, oh, maybe maybe the queen had seen her at, like, the playhouse or something. or But it gets to, like, this argument over whether a play can capture the true nature of love. But, and, Shakes, and, like, somehow Shakespeare convinces like Wessex to wager 
50 pounds on it. And the queen's like, oh yeah, I'll judge that because the queen goes to a lot of plays. And it's kind of a running thing, thing there with, yeah. with that. So, oh, oh yeah, and the 50 pounds is like something so Shakespeare can buy a share in like a theater company. Like there's a significance to the number. Just, I'm just trying to like, it's this is one of those films where you can sum it up really quick, but also there's just a lot of subplots and things that happen. Like, yeah, Mar Mar Marlowe gets killed at one point, uh, and it happens after Shakespeare's kind of, yeah. I didn't even mm -hmm. mention how good Rupert Everett is. He's so good at his like you know scene. He's amazing. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Well, I mean, I think as you said, like there's so many good performances in this, and yeah. Rupert Everett's good as Marlowe, but there's something where, like, Wessex is pretty sure that Viola's having an affair with someone and almost catches Shakespeare. And Shakespeare gives his name as, like, Marlowe. And then Marlowe dies in what I believe is, like, an unrelated, like... Bar fight? Yes, bar yeah. fight was, over his so tab? That is true. He was, he was very much assassinated at a bar, knife through the eye. Um, they said that it was a bar fight, but also, fun fact, Christopher Marlowe might have been a spy. So, you know, that's that's just some fun <laughs> trivia for your listeners. Christopher Marlowe might have been killed because he was a spy. Um, hey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing where, like, Shakespeare believes he's gotten a man killed, and Viola believes that Shakespeare was the one who got killed, because mm -hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, your playwright right friend died. And then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, like, but it's just a bunch of misunderstandings, which, again, kind of echo a famous play of... People thinking the other one is like dead or just and there's also there's this kid who just hangs around the theater a lot um who i believe is also like an a playwright yes, like he grows I, up to be uh, it's I'm john sorry, i'm so excited about all this i'm really sorry i'm just so jazzed about all of these things yeah. um his name is john webster and i don't mean to be like so like the way he was taught to me um, when I was learning about all this um, at like Shakespeare camp and then in school is that John Webster, for lack of a better comparison, was the Tarantino of early modern playwrights. It was shit was bloody. It was gross. It was it was supremely nasty. A, a lady dies in a play called The Duchess of Malfi by kissing a poisoned Bible. Um, it's wicked shit. It's great. His, his plays are excellent. They are like so entertaining to read and to see seeing them as rare. But um, they're so good. And yeah, he was like, I love that their idea of him is like this little shit who just wants to like, you know, he's like, he just wants to see some bubbies and, and see some like heads get blown off. I love that. It rules. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm to like this kid, he can't, he sees Shakespeare and Viola like in the, in the middle of like passion and mm -hmm. informs the, and informs like the Queens man, like his, this guy like Tilney who closes the Rose Theater for Tilney. Yeah, because because <laughs> the real crime, of course, is Viola is a woman. She's not like a man playing no like woman really well. She's like a woman, so all of a sudden they don't have a stage and they don't have an actor until like Burbage, who he was supposed to be writing this play for anyways, like offers him like the role and oh oh yeah, there's also something that like the actor who plays Shakespeare was unable to do it for something, some reason. So Shakespeare is just going to play Romeo himself. Oh yeah. Cause Romeo was played by um, Gwyneth Paltrow's like character playing like a character like disguised up. And then the person who's playing Juliet yeah, was, 
Yeah, the person who's playing Juliet like hit puberty, so like he couldn't get his voice high enough to play Juliet. Oh right, that's how they get them into joke. like the. Oh right, yeah, I remember that bit. <laughs> I, mean, I just forgot it was in the roads. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of my favorite weird jokes in the movie. It's so funny. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Mister Shakespeare, I can do it yesterday. It's so good. Like. <laughs> Yeah, there's so a lot of good things movie. in this. Like, there's there's like Ben Affleck who has his turn as this arrogant actor playing, yeah, who playing the like a role that he is told as the lead, and then just becomes increasingly less important. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just, great. It's probably yeah. in my like top five Affleck performances. It's which is, believe it or not, a crowded field. He, he is extremely good. Yeah, yeah, love some Affleck. Uh, not so much in the movies he gets nominated for Best Kiss for, but like he's good here. Just yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and this is such a good classical use of him too. Like he, I, I really like him in in supporting roles like this. And like you know, like I'll, I'll show my ass a little bit. Like I think he's really good in most of the stuff he did with like Kevin Smith. He's like very good at like the like you know third or fourth or fifth build even like supporting um comedic uh chunky boy you know like he, he's really good at that and we don't really get that anymore but but for a time he, no one did it better so yeah like chasing amy's on a movie i think is very good we talk about this a lot at length last week but he's like good at it like it's yeah, oh, oh, totally yeah yeah he's really good in good yeah. thing as well mm-hmm. yeah. yep yeah so eventually he plays yeah so so like eventually they go and they do the part but yeah there's also a runner of like the the older getting increasingly confused that this comedy doesn't have any pirates or like any like comedy or like stuff in it, which is just a good runner yeah, to the point great. where it is just explicitly just the play as we know it, and it's just heartbreaking like tra- yeah tragedy. And then, oh yeah, because yeah, Viola eventually does it. Her wedding is supposed like they're supposed to go to America like that same day or like. And she's supposed to get married. Yeah, married that thing. And yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I think at this point they've had a thing where like she Shakespeare is able to show like they're alive, and she admits she loves him, but she's also like not going to be able to like get out of marrying Wessex. Like they're not going to wind up being able to be together. So they go for the play, and that like emotion goes through, and everyone's just enthralled and. After the play is done, the like Queen's Guard comes back and he's going to arrest everybody for indecency because the woman was on stage. But then the Queen reveals that she's there, and then she's like, and this is also again one of just a great bit bits where like like no quibbles with giving Judy Dench the uh, Oscar here because like she basically says, "Oh, well, Kent's clearly a man who just has a remarkable resemblance to a woman," and. It's something where, like, the guy knows that if he pushes through this, it means he has to arrest the queen does not want to do or, like, call the queen a liar. So he's just forced to go, yes, okay, you're right, I see it now. Just... <laughs> and everyone just goes through it, but she's but she's unable to, like, end, like, Viola's marriage because it was lawful and has this thing. So she basically gives a thing where it's like, oh, hey, I believe Lord Wessex has lost his wife, but, you know, I can't end that, so she better go and, like, sail with him. But then she also makes Wessex give Shakespeare, like, the money? Because he's... Cause he, <laughs> the, 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 the bet is, like, is look, I've seen this movie, like, like I've seen it a lot. 
I, I never think about it before. Like, I never remember it. And then it happens and I'm like, whatever. Like, the bet is like a way to get, is, is a way to get their story yeah. to end in like, tra- it, like, you know, soft tragedy, you know? Like, yeah, it gives, yeah. it gives them like some kind of win where it's like, and it also the plays tribute to, you did it, Romeo and Juliet, like, gets across the power of love. And, but all, also it's a bit where she tells like Shakespeare, it's like, hey, write something more cheerful next time. For Twelfth Night, which is how William Shakespeare went on to write, she's the man. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> a, a, a so I mentioned earlier, lots of movies by uh, you know inspired by Shakespeare that I like. That is not one of them. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry, Amanda. yeah, we have. <laughs> this is sorry, this. Amanda. Group of people I've hung out with in the past week that have been giving me some "She's the Man" hate. I last time I remember watching it, I loved that movie. Did we watch it at camp together, Ben? I remember it was a movie night night once. We like it did, was... and I was in hysterics. It was amazing. That was a good time. Um, yeah, yeah. She's the man. I'm not as opposed to Jack, but you know, Jack's a Shakespeare. I get yeah. It. Well, it's not even that so much. I just like don't find it super funny. But I like, you know. But like, where, you know, where where. Where there is for for every she's the man, there's a both a ten things I hate about you and a get over it. Uh, both uh, uh, incredible masterpieces. So oh yeah, and you should watch Get Over It, a movie where Kirsten Dunst is like uh like great movie. Just uh, mm-hmm. like she has a crossbow at a point in. <laughs> it is so. It is also the one, yeah. like the one time really. Sorry, the total uh, total divergent, but uh, um um. It is kind of the one time Ben Foster ever played any kind of like teen, like, like he, the one time he ever did like anything resembling like a traditional teen movie. You think about Ben Foster now and you think about what a like fucking creep he is. He never did anything like that again, ever. <laughs> it's so funny. And he's the lead. Like it's him and Dunst as the leads. And there's, it's so weird to see him do that. Watch that and then go watch. Um, uh, uh, leave no trace. It's wild to see what happens to him over the course of like twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ben, you blanked on most of the movie. Do you remember like the kiss or some of the kisses? Because there's a were, lot. I, I started writing them all down, and I, I ran out of room on my notepad. Um, there's so many. I'm a, is is what I guess. Do you know what the kiss that is nominated is? Like which one? I don't. I sent. I sent Jack like the playlist, which has the one I'm yeah. pretty sure which was, which yeah. Well, there, there's yeah, the, um, which is when they're at rehearsal, I think. Yes, oh, okay. yes, it I is the oh. boat kiss, the post boat kiss, the post. They're all good. Kiss. They're all good yeah. kisses. That's the thing. They are I, all the good. rehearsal one. I think gets that kind of mem- memorable and are like whoa. Yes, that is kind the, of a comedy yes. kiss. It's kind of like a romantic one. It's bit of everything it is uh-huh. incredible how good that moment is how like i i think that if that was not the clip they showed or the one that they meant when they nominated it it should have been because it wraps everything that is good and funny and cool about this movie into like one scene and it's the thing that mm-hmm. sort of prompted me to say that thing earlier about how like in a good movie kiss it's not just about like the kiss itself it's the circumstances around the kiss it's the way it's shot and then this scene like there he's a playwright writing words for this person to perform and we know that you know we know their secret as an audience that nobody else does and so when he kisses her everybody else just thinks like all right well like will's kissing the boy that's great whatever um but like we know that and it's awesome and then like will goes backstage and she sticks her hand through the curtain and he kisses her hand and it's just like 
sexy as fuck. Like, I love it. It's so good. And like, also, it doesn't ever do, thank God, like we, we referenced this earlier, um, actually off mic, I think before earlier, we were talking about um, um, a future winner that I will not like reveal here. Um, that is a little, a wee bit gay panicky. I hope that's okay to, to, to say. And how like much I hate that shit in movies, especially in this era. And no one is like, no, you know, historically, they wouldn't have been like, like Will and the, the boy actor are kissing. Buh? Like there, there's none of that. They're just like, yeah. Dude, we want to go home. <laughs> it's, <great. laughs> it's so funny, and like, oh. I just, I love it. It, it. So if it's not this one, it, it, it has to be this. Like this, this whole, like every kiss in this scene is just, is mwah, like the, you know, like it's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Yeah. A, it is a fantastic kiss. Absolutely. Um, I wrote in my notes. Um. Because my brain is broken, they did say "Among Us." Um, that is just in my notes. If I, if I don't say it, it's gonna bug the hell out of me. But they did say "Among Us." Um, <laughs> every time, I think I've done it every time when watching these movies. Like writing down if they say it. So um, hopefully by the end, I can I can skim through and uh, Alt F five or Alt five to see how many times that they've said it in all the movies. Um, yeah, no, a lovely kiss. It was like. But yeah, it was five in the morning when I was writing about the end of this movie, and I was I had like tears in my eyes. I was so happy. It was such a a feel good movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's joyful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, one more thing I should bring up because because you mentioned your notes, I'm like, oh, I don't always check my notes in this. Like, <laughs> I, think I, I think I brought up. Yeah, Colin Firth gets going to get a nom later. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, of course, will get. It's like one of Paltrow. Besides Bounce, the other film she gets nominated for is Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. I was, yeah, I was go, I was looking through some of these things the other day, and I, I just kind of moused over it, and I saw the poster, and I'm like, oh, I'm excited for that one, whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> and I did see her acceptance speech on, like, that, yeah, Lisa, like, has them all compiled, and it is, like, she wasn't there live, it's recorded video of her on a park bench, um, Joseph Fiennes didn't record one, but she's there, and she, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, thanks for giving me this award." She's like, "You know, kissing Joe Fiennes for three months—it was a dirty job, but someone's got to do it." <laughs> and then she also like expresses surprise that their sweet period kiss beat the modern day three way, and she's like, "I might have gone the other way, but hey, thanks." Just, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, yeah. Um... But- yeah, that's everything I had about the Shakespeare in Love. It's a wonderful movie. It's so good. I I, I just love it. Um, I will fully admit that I, I've been very busy and I did not get a chance to rewatch it for the show, but it, it, it lives um, rent-free in my head. I love it. I, I just think it is gorgeous. Um, and it has actually prompted me to make a, a letterbox list um, that I haven't finished yet because there's so many um, of my favorite like Shakespeare that people can watch on screen. Um, mixture of things like this that are not direct adaptations um uh but are like inspired by um mixture of that kind of thing but then also like things that are full-on adaptations like 10 things i hate about you that don't use the text two things like brand as much ado which to use the text to like live recordings of really good productions that kind of thing um and it's just like this is the first one i added because it it gets it it gets why shakespeare is is if if it's for you, like this movie will help you like define a little bit more why that is. Shakespeare is not for everybody, um, um, and I fu- again I fully get why people wouldn't want to produce Shakespeare in twenty twenty one. But I think this movie goes a long way towards 
um, explaining why people who love him do. So, yeah, no, oh, that's good. Out of sight, even. And speaking of which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another oh, yeah. good movie. Out of sight. Loose segue. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's, well, I uh, well let's 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 acknowledge the elephant in the room. Yes, it does have Don Cheadle from Space Jam Two in this movie. I think yeah, before before everyone calls us out that all oh, we missed it. No, we didn't miss it. Um, Algae Rhythm from Space Jam Two is in this movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's. Definitely the most notable thing about this movie. I did not get that in my notes because I had not seen Space Jam 2 when I had written my notes down initially. But Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie, I think I can probably give a pretty good synopsis of this one. Um, Go for it. Yeah, so Out of Sight um, stars uh, George Clooney's character, Jack Foley. It's sort of uh, cold-ish, opens on like a a like mental games bank robbery of like just sort of like calling bluffs and like using like like just kind of tricking someone into thinking that there's more of a plan than there is to try and steal some money uh it doesn't go right he gets um he gets caught um and then sort of there's another um and then after that i think he's in prison after that um and escapes because with his friends, I'm trying to remember. Um, with his friends, uh, I think it's it's Glenn Michaels, and I'm trying to remember the mm, other Steve Zahn is Glenn Michaels. Great, great Steve Zahn. Yeah. Oh, he, I really liked him in that movie a lot. And uh, Ving too is his other yeah. uh, buddy. Bing, yeah, yeah, buddy. Buddy, yeah, <laughs> his buddy, buddy. Um, yeah. So they kind of are like breaking breaking out of prison. Um, and they also uh, kidnap uh, Jennifer Lopez's character Karen, um, and then Karen Cisco. Yeah, Great name. and then... U.S. Marshal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, one yeah. of one of um, Elmore Leonard's most famous uh, fictional characters. She got another show later on, and then oh, wow. she was brought back to Justified, um, even though. Long, 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 boring. Um, Elmore Leonard tangent, tangent, tangent. No, but, uh, like, not boring at all. I like she's great in this movie, and, oh, and yeah. Karen Cisco rules. And and um, this is probably this is like in an era where there are so many Elmore Leonard adaptations. Like starting with Get Shorty um, a few years ago, and then Jackie Brown, and then this, and and also Michael. Well, you mentioned him. Yep, and Michael Keaton's in it, playing the same character he did in Jackie Brown, which is so cool. And this is the cream of the crop. Like, this is absolutely, like, it just, just tops, like, one. And this, you know, like, I was, Kenny asked me on to talk Shakespeare, but it's funny because this is, like, my favorite movie. <laughs> but I love it, but I'm going to let you finish your summary, and then I'll, maybe oh, yeah, I'll no, no problem. It. If you ever have, like, any interesting tidbits, feel free. I have no problem with that. Love this yeah. movie. Yeah, he, he's a kissing guy, not the movie guy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yeah, so they're they're out of prison, um, and they've they've kidnapped uh, Karen Cisco, um, but uh, Steve Zahn's character Glenn starts to get like a little bit of cold feet um, sprung on upon by Karen Cisco's like um, like uh, like faltering of his confidence. So her him and her sort of drive away, uh, leaving George Clooney's Jack Foley and. Um, uh, Ving, I think it's Rames, buddy, buddy's character, sort of just like behind to sort of 
fend for themselves. Um, and like their their sort of overarching plan is that they want to steal these diamonds from this like rich guy. I can't remember who he's uh which who's who's that played by again? That is um, um Albert Brooks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a really good the drive. Yeah. Oh. I mean so yeah, I mean you talk about like people like you know when Albert Brooks was in drive everyone was like oh my god the comedian the you know Marlon from Finding Nemo is in this like seedy <laughs> crime movie wild and like in that movie he actually does play a crime boss so it is like a it's it's a reversal for him a bit mm-hmm. but um it's it's he kind of did it earlier because this is his first movie that is like really not a comedy in any I mean in, actually no it's it kind little, of is it's about as much of a comedy as like it's as much of a comedy as like terms of endearment is, which is to say like marginally, but still like oh, this true. is his first time in this kind of mode, um, yeah. which is really cool. And I think he's really good. And even though he plays the character, you would expect him to play in Mindy eight. Um, he's really mm-hmm. good. Oh yeah. 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 And it's sort of like revealed through like flashbacks in prison that like, um, he like has like this statue of diamonds and that like, he sort of got help from, from Jack to like help him like, because he was getting bullied by Don Cheadle, um, <laughs> um, so like their their sort of big plan is really to like that description. <laughs> their sort of big plan is to like steal diamonds from him, and that's what they're trying to do. And as they're trying to do that, um, uh, Karen, Karen, and Glenn like crash the car because like like I think Glenn starts to have second thoughts about his second thoughts, a third thought, if you will. Um, and then they crash, and she sort of is sort of uh, gets back to like the like the agency, like sort of like her uh, like the authorities that she can sort of like work with and through. Um, while Glenn sort of makes his way to um, Don Cheadle's character, I think it's it's uh, Maurice. Like he's sort of also yeah. out of yeah, he's also out of prison and sort of like runs his operation, and like Glenn sort of lets him in on like the diamond heist thing. Um, so there's just like a bunch of like set up with like him, like Glenn and and uh, and Maurice and also um, Jack and Buddy. Uh, and then at some point they like meet together and they're like, OK, like, let's let's go steal these diamonds. Um, <laughs> there's also like somewhere in there, there's also a like bathtub kiss scene that isn't real, if I'm not mistaken. It's sort of like a daydream. Um, that Karen is having is that did I read that correctly when I watched the movie? I believe I, it's real. Um, it but real? there's a lot of there's a lot of like flashbacks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean this movie this oh. is like this is kind of like pre oceans, kind of Steven ah. Soderbergh, the director at his yeah. most stylistic. Um, yeah, okay. and so like there's a lot of like cutting that suggest like you know, Kenny in the in the scene that you sent me. Um, uh, that yeah. that it was in the best clip, best kiss clip rundown, which I I believe for this movie also would be the one, probably because mm-hmm. they don't they don't actually get a chance to kiss all that much. Yeah. Most of their attraction really is like at a distance. Yeah, um, yeah. We can suggest that it was a dream, the tub one, right? Oh, okay. And it's yeah, and it's such a fascinating the way he cuts like between them like in the bedroom later and them in dinner. This is a different scene, but like oh, the yeah. way that's really it's like, like so. Yeah. It is like it is like almost a fantasy sequence, even though like it is suggesting both of these things are happening. But they're, you know, like the way that yeah. movies yeah. can communicate so beautifully, yeah. they are happening like at the same time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so while sort of the whole like 
diamond heist is happening. Um, there's also like little tiny bits of like um, of like Jack and Karen flirting, sort of com uh, commu. What is it? What's the word I'm thinking of? Cumulating? Com- commu- Someone's got another word. Um, culminating. Uh, That's yeah. the culminating. One. There we go. That it sort of culminate into like the scene where like it is like cutting them between them like talking at dinner and them also like having like this big romantic uh sexy scene in the bedroom um yeah and then and then it it sort of cuts away from that to the big uh diamond heist um there's a guy named white boy bob uh, i haven't mentioned him yet uh played by uh keith uh i think um loniker loniker i think that is uh, i think that'd be uh, correct um he's just sort of like he's like the muscle he's like the big guy um he he dies later on in the movie from tripping on stairs and shooting himself. <laughs> oh, God. I think my note literally says "white boy dies." Lol. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they they get into the house and like they don't know where the diamonds are. Um, they find a safe, but it's just full of like wigs. Um, they once they confront um, once they confront the uh, Albert Brooks character Richard. They learn that the diamonds are actually like in the fish tank, but only um, Jack and Buddy know that, so they sort of get those. <laughs> and Buddy escapes, but then Jack is like, "Oh no! Like they're they're going to like do bad things to so, like the girl they have hostage." So he needs to go back and like save her, which he like I think he yeah he I think he's able to like shoot um, Don yeah he... and his henchmen except for White Boy. Um, White Boy takes out himself. Yeah. After... Uh, Karen, uh, Karen shoots Don Cheadle. He shoots Isaiah Washington's character. Kenneth. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, important detail I don't want to leave out. White Boy Bob did steal a bunch of steaks, so um... maybe he had a common. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Buddy like gets away with the diamonds, but uh, Jack fully like gets like shot in the hip by. Um, Karen because like she doesn't want to like kill him and he and it's sort of a Jack Foley's character sort of alludes to later that like he like um that like you know when you get caught like you kind of have to go to prison and he's like nah there's like another choice and like he's implying that you just get shot and die um and the movie sort of ends with like um Jack like in the back of like a police or like SWAT car with Karen mm-hmm. and then um Samuel Jackson's character I think it's uh what is it, Hegira? Or yeah, Hegira. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hegira. Um, and it's revealed that he's like escaped prison like nine times. So it's like implying that like, oh, okay, they're gonna escape together at some point. Um, and then the movie ends. Yeah, and this was also an intentional play choice by like Karen Cisco. It's her struggle oh, for the yeah. film is she doesn't know if she wants to catch him or kiss him, basically. <laughs> And ultimately, kind of does both. Yeah, but... yeah. She gets what she she gets everything. Listen, some yeah. You can women have can all. have it all. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I'm glad we both made that at the same time. Just... Um, <laughs> out of sight is a masterpiece. It's it's straight up a masterpiece. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I love it with all my heart and soul. It is yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah. I, um. I, yeah. I, 
Yeah. Uh, ben, what you might not know is this film was by Steven Soderbergh, who did the Oceans 11, 12, and 13. I The only Oceans 11 yep. movie I've seen, I think, was the end of Oceans 11. I think I literally <laughs> just watched, like, the like plan all coming together scenes, and it was awesome. I don't know what possibly could have filled the rest of that movie, but I had a great time. <laughs> Because <laughs> I literally, I literally just watched all the scene where it's like, oh, the plans all coming together. <laughs> Probably the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Soderbergh, very prolific. Uh, did yeah, Logan Lucky, another like similar like crimey one with mm-hmm. Channing Tatum and stuff in. And actually, Don Cheadle stars in his most recent film, um, available on HBO Max or Crave in Canada, Canada. There called yeah. No Sudden Move, which I occasionally mix up with the title of this movie because they're both three words and have Don <laughs> Cheadle in them. Um, true. Yeah. True. So um, if you want to see Space Jam 2's Don Cheadle in another movie giving arguably a better performance, watch No Sudden Move. I, mean, I think he's, you mean a better performance than Space Jam? Or in this? Oh, uh, I guess I'm more ground... Yeah, I'm like, wait, do I think it's better than Space Jam? Because he's easily the best part of Space Jam. Oh, no, he's, I, I, he's, he's oh, fucking yeah. incredible in Space Jam, A New Legacy. Absolutely. I just think that he's yeah. also, like, really good in this. Like, he, it's not if a... you want to see him role. do a more nuanced performance, that's not <laughs> algorithm wants to be popular. Algae rhythm. I mean, yeah, Kenny, please, it's algae rhythm. <laughs> he died for our sins. Yeah. Also, <laughs> side tangent about um, Space Jam 2... Of course. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it in relation to one, but like, boy, man, like LeBron really shows that, like, oh man, I love Michael Jordan, but he had like no charisma in that other movie. See, I, I used Michael- I used to think Jordan, I used to think Jordan was like really weak in one, and I was watching like you know I watched about half of it the other night just out of like curiosity and boredom because it's been a minute. And I actually think he's really good. LeBron, I think, kind of sucks. LeBron is playing a character named LeBron James. Michael Jordan is just being himself. <laughs> well, and, and it, there is cool. also the factor, like, I mean, you know, to, to that point, that Michael Jordan was playing, like, you know, like, real moments from his life's history. Um, he was, no, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. he had the baseball arc, something LeBron doesn't have to, you know, to attach to Space Jam. Um, he also had, like, you know, the moment that his arms stretched in the middle of a game, a uh, real yeah. thing that happened to him. Like, he's yeah. got that to play. LeBron is just kind of making shit up. Like, does his son actually want to go to E3 video game design camp? Like, I would kind of doubt it based on his performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, yeah. Did um, LeBron's, like, coach actually make him throw away his Game Boy because, like, they lost a low-stakes game? That is insane. (laughs) (laughs) It is insane to me that the way that... It is... I cannot... I I watched it a week ago, and I still cannot get over that, like, his backstory is that he plays a fucking Bugs Bunny game, and it makes him lose his basketball game, so his coach throws it away, and that's why he's so good at basketball, is because he focused. And, uh, and he didn't focus video on game. video games. Uh, <laughs> we I could probably do another two hours just talking about the Space Jam movies. I've seen the original Space Jam a hundred times. It's... I think with Space Jam 2, I think the one thing it has on top of um, Space Jam 1 is that nobody in the theater went, 
LeBron James, and that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Someone do that in your nobody in the, nobody in the movie says it ever, but no. like one kid in the theater did, and I it made my day. <laughs> okay, uh, I I know we I know we have other movies to talk about, but I will say my favorite right. thing in Space Jam. Well, I have a few things. I have a, I have a, there are moments where you can see a genuinely like funny comedy. Like there are moments oh, where yeah, better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Space yeah, Jam yeah. Two doesn't have a subplot where Bill Murray wants to be a professional basketball. No, player. which is one of which like no 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 fucking fooling. One of my favorite things about the original, the mm-hmm. joke. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> is a is a god tier good joke. So are all the jokes about the NBA in the first movie. Like I don't think it's a good yeah. Looney Tunes movie. I think the Looney Tunes material is simplistic and shitty. That's also mostly Looney Tunes. Like in my lifetime, with the except with like very few exceptions. Like people do not understand how to make Looney Tunes cartoons. The ones that are on HBO Max as of uh, last year are very good. But the NBA humor in the first is good. In a new legacy. There's just kind of like some dumb shit that made me laugh, but like it's it's worth it because one of those yeah. moments is Tweety Bird saying to LeBron, "You're a bad dad." <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kenny, you I understand are really into Granny's uh, role in a new legacy. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. I just appreciate that. Like, someone whoever was screaming, like, right. And I know it's partly because like the only other female Looney Tune is like. She's the only like Lola and Granny are like the girls, but I appreciate it. Someone's like, "What if Granny was the coolest character in the movie, and we introduced someone who could take Roadrunner down, but then Granny could stop him?" And like, it's yeah. <laughs> and just the moment where like when they're like, oh, "She is the one." <laughs> I will. I, what I like about Granny is that like they throw whatever they feel like at her. It's like, okay, cool, yeah. she's in the Matrix. That's great. Okay, cool. Also, she's got martinis. That's great too. <laughs> yeah. just, they yeah. just throw whatever they can at Granny. Yeah. Just like, she's the chosen one. I'm like, yes. Listen. Sitting in my sitting in my theater, having still kind of on the throes of my like post vaccine chills. I'm like, that's is right. This is correct. Just. Uh. Yeah. Um, thing, it's you know, funny. Space, yeah. Space Jam 1 has a lot, but does it have a fever dream, dreamish reference to Austin Powers that nobody in the nobody no kids in the theater would ever understand? It is amazing how much that movie is not for children under the age of 10 or even like I don't know god is it even for children under the age of like 15? I don't know. Like I mean like I genuinely don't know who knows Austin Powers anymore. Yeah, like that- they're like the most recent references are Thrones and um and uh, fucking Fury Road, and even those are like things the kids are not gonna like give a oh, shit. Not, kids aren't gonna know about yeah. that. But no, it's is, great. Uh, I love it. There is big chunks. They don't reference Black Panther, but they reference Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Just. <laughs> uh, um, but we've probably spent as much time talking about Space Jam as we spent talking about... <laughs> to interrupt our Space Jam podcast, we're going to do a little side tangent about some some awards, about some kissing. Um, hopefully, yeah. no, don't get too upset about this little side tangent we're about to go on about. Um, I guess, is there anything more we have to say about Out of Sight? No, it rules. Go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really very good. good. Very good movie. Oh, gorgeous movie. Um, yeah. Like, one of, my, one of my faves. A huge comfort watch for me. Um, and also kind of notable because it is, if I'm not mistaken, y'all probably referenced Batman and Robin at least once or twice last week. Like, I, I think it got like a nomination or two. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe. I, no, Batman and Robin, I think 
maybe it was a year off, but also we had so much to talk about. Uh, yeah, last probably. Week. I mean, like, well, it's ninety-seven. We had to do, we had to do half an hour on In and Out, and also Titanic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Okay, well, what I will say then about Out of Sight is that um, it saved Clooney's career. Like, I, it really, really did. I think that, like, you know, like at that at this point, like, ER is not going to be all he can do. And he's got, I mean, he's done Batman and Robin, which is like, which, you know, removes him from leading man status almost immediately. And then to bounce back with this is like, is huge. Like, I I think I even remember like as a kid, my dad telling me, yeah, like, you know, like I got Batman and Robin on video for Christmas. And my dad's just like, don't get used to seeing that guy in movies anymore. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, like a few years, like literally two years later, um uh or a few years later you know oh brother is out and i'm just like dad you fucking lied to me um he's everywhere and you know it like i, I we don't see that happen a lot now. like a, well first off i don't think a lot of movies are really career killers anymore like careers die mostly like gradually i would say at this point although still very quickly but it's never just like one movie that does it you know what i mean yeah, I like think, i don't yeah. think that happens anymore. i think it's like really yeah. hard like mm-hmm. just because like where we are like te- like technically like technicality right. wise with movies it's yeah. really hard to make something objectively horrible like, yeah you have to go out of your way like there's so many well, formulas out yeah there. but you it's know? also like how we talk about stars now like this you know like oh, yeah. will smith will make another like you know dozen bad movies in his career probably if not more than that and he'll still always be will smith yeah, will smith. yeah. Like the the one the star thing, of my beloved iRobot. Just I mean, yeah, I, I did not murder him. It's like exactly, and it, but we don't really. I would say the only other thing I can think of is like Cruz had a rough couple of years, and then Ghost Protocol comes out. Like the the well, actually, Tropic Thunder, and then Ghost Protocol. If you like three years later, that's like the big thing. Is like how he won back audiences. But his career didn't just like stop with you know the the couch jumping stuff. It's like it stopped because his movies weren't doing that great. Um, but it is it's like it kind of grinds to it doesn't grind to a halt anymore the way it did when Clooney all of a sudden was like his star was in question. Another great example is that Matt Damon's always going to be Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's 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 everywhere. But we don't have movie stars in the same. We don't make them in the same way that we used. To. Yeah, even though he's in- yeah. Even though he's in downsizing, which is which is silly, not about people getting tiny. It's about other things, probably. You haven't seen downsizing. This yeah. is the second episode where you brought up to complain about it. You get tiny in downsizing. You won't be disappointed. No, he's mad that it's not comedic focused on like the implications of it being tiny. Yeah, there's like a lesson to it. That's, a, that's actually, but that's a good point because there are not a lot of like even Joe Dante's inner space with um, 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 Martin Short and uh, Dennis Quaid is not even just completely about like wh- how funny it is that Dennis Quaid gets tiny and is inside Martin Short. It's about other things too. Actually, Ben's got a good I, point. I just want Honey, I Shrunk the Damon. That's all I wanted. <laughs> even a- Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is like a survival thriller for most of it. <laughs> yeah, but they make a point that there's giant things around them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Wild. Anyway, that's all I had to say about movie stars. Wild things. Maybe we spend so long time about Space Jam because I mean, like, actually, no, Wild Things is still fun to talk about. Oh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Wild Things. So, like, um, we should know off the top that this, this... the first, like, 20 or 30 minutes, you are going to think that this is a very, like, bad movie with a very bad message. And then it gets 
awesome and amazing. Yeah, so I'll give a spoiler warning up front that also I should probably put a spoiler warning for Space Jam 2 in the episode description, <laughs> but um it's been out yeah. a week. They've all, all seen it. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyone who's seen Space Jam has like, well, it, it's your show. Yeah. yeah. So so wild thing, so wild things, but it's a very sleazy movie about like what that features many morally questionable things that is completely aware of its sleaziness, and half of the fun of watching it is, like, in letting itself, letting it reveal more of its stupid, dumb, sleazy twist to you. Yeah, I don't don't usually, um, like, recommend this, but, like, if you're listening to this podcast, pause this right now and watch Wild Things, because, like, God. It's its biggest strength is like going in blind, um, but again, it's a very sleazy movie. So like, if you if you're like, oh yeah. no, that's not going to appeal to me, but well, yeah, yeah, go ahead and listen. Otherwise, maybe consider. If you didn't like uh, Cruel Intentions, you will not like this. I guess. I guess Cruel. We Inten- haven't covered Cruel Intentions yet. I mean, if you um oh uh yeah, I think we I've definitely called. we definitely did not record that episode in advance. <laughs> I'm well, like. No, no. Um, I have not seen Just cool doing things out of order. What? No, no, no. Yeah, did we had to like? <laughs> did we? Did we do that? Am I thinking that maybe I preempted very my very thoughtful idea of putting time codes for like a segment about a controversial movie to just put time codes so people don't get wild things spoiled? Maybe <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So <laughs> wild things. Um. Stars Matt Dillon as Sam uh, Lombardo. So the first like thirty or so minutes of this movie, like set off some like real big like red flags of like oh like it, it, I thought personally that this movie was going to be one of those movies that's like oh like sexual assault is bad, but you know what's worse? Uh, people lying about it and the dude's life being ruined. <laughs> That's yeah, what, it's, that's what I thought this movie was going to be about, and I was like, "Oh no!" Say, I watched this after Lolita, and I'm like, "God, is this going to be just more of the same?" Like, just, but yeah, like, so, I was just going to be mad for half this episode. Like, yeah. So the a plot summary would be: um, Sam Lombardo is like a teacher at the school guidance uh, counselor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, he's a guidance counselor. Um, who's like, he's like, he's like, he's like close with the kids, you know, he, he's like, uh, he's like, a, he's a, he's perceived to be a very like good role model. He's like helping a kid with his boat lessons. Um, and then, uh, he gets accused of, uh, of rape by one of the students, um, Denise Richards character, uh, Kelly Van Ryan. Um, and the Van Ryans are like very wealthy. So like, I can't believe oh, they're playing high schoolers, especially Denise yeah. Richard. It's like I well, this is like roughly around the age. same time when she does Drop Dead Beauty, like yeah. right. But at the same time, it is also and granted, this is not the best. Do you mean Drop Dead Gorgeous? Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah, yeah. But the oh. year before that, she's in Starship Troopers, oh. and she oh, right in Starship Troopers is playing a lieutenant. You know, and I mean, granted, in the war against aliens, like we'll all be drafted. It won't matter what our what our age or statuses are. But 
but the year after this, and this is what I was you know said, like she's in the world is not enough as Doctor Christmas Jones because Christmas only comes once a year, but that is a James Bond movie, and so that's like that's a little bit more nebulous, yeah. but like it's still very strange that like that is, yeah. I don't know her early career is very strange like age wise yeah. like like it's yeah. like she goes but it, yeah. but my point I'll is say- that at this point she is in her when wild things comes out she is like 27 like 26 27 yeah. i'll say you the turn not do that one yeah year. the ages in this movie made it easier for me to take that she and nev campbell were both in their like their yeah. late 20s and not yeah. um we'll kind of talk about and i mean you kind of have to with what happens in this movie or what happens of this this movie that i saw which was already like absolutely yeah insane. pretty very wrong. one the more thing i do want to say about chris or chris i almost said christmas jones which is, not her <laughs> um, is that she's very funny and undercover brother which comes out a few years after oh, this. No. directed oh, yeah. by space jam a new legacies malcolm dealey oh wow. hey carry on <laughs> Yo, that space jam talk paid off see <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah um <laughs> so yeah um so yeah uh, matt dylan's character sam is accused um and there is like a scene before this where like she's like watching his car and then she like comes in the house and then it cuts away so like you don't know like what happened there yes but she it, is clearly like they set it up where it's like look she wants them she wants them and yeah. then like it's yeah exactly so um and then like yeah so sam's character is like being like ostracized by everybody he gets a bill murray lawyer who's an awesome character uh, the second character named kenneth in a movie we cover this year big <laughs> year for like people with my name my like birth name um, oh yeah uh and yeah so um and then sort of amidst this like he uh he like loses his job everyone like hates him um and then during like the and then it comes out that another student also like comes out with like the same accusation. Um uh Nevi or ne- Neve? Nev, Nev, oh, yeah. Nev. Yeah. Nev Campbell's character, Susie Toiler, also comes out with like a similar ac- accusation with like a similar story. Um they go to court where Bill Murray, like, um, using like kind of like uh losing like the evidence of like, well, like you considered him a friend. And then, and then, uh, he did bad. He like, he did, he like raped you. And then you called him like a month after that, like, cause you were still considered him a friend. And that means that like, you're lying. Um, he does it in a much better lawyer way than I just did. But that does, yeah. get, that does get Susie Toller's character to like confess that like, yes, I am lying, which causes Kelly Van Ryan's character to like freak out in court. Which like means that the jury kind of like goes, okay, this is probably all a bunch of hooey. This movie's um, like yeah. a fever dream to me at this yeah. point. I like remember all of this happening yeah. and what I had seen, but yeah. good God. <laughs> yeah. It should also be noted that like Susie is like a much lower social status than uh-huh. like, Kelly. Like she li- she lives in like the right, Miami yeah. trailer park. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned yeah. it's very important this movie is set in Florida. Yeah, like, there's gators everywhere. CD sure. Florida Noir is like yeah. the mindset to have for yeah. this movie. which is funny um, which to connect it to more things florida noir is elmore leonard's like whole fucking jam oh wow so, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so it goes yeah but yeah they but they both have their like things because like uh, he didn't bail Susie out of jail on a minor drug charge and he also had an affair with kelly's mother yeah um and like so i'm so i'm watching this movie and i'm like oh my god like this is such a I don't uh movies like this feel so weird of like 
this like really rare occurrence that like is just exists to like invalidate like people's like accusations and then the twist happens where all three of them this was all a plan where she would make followed by the second accusation followed by a like a followed by the repeal of the second accusation caused by and then the fake outrage to that and this was all a plan that the three of them had to get a bunch of um of the money van, van ryan money so that they could all escape and that was amazing and there was like 40 minutes left in the movie yeah um, it, it comes about the thing 8.5 million dollars is there so then you're so then, and then it kind of becomes a bit about Kevin Bacon as the police detective who suspects yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or does he? Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then at this point, this is I'm pretty sure like when like the big three way kiss happens. Um, ah, yes. During the first reveal. Um. Yeah. Kind of you. Um. Yeah. But, so since we're all saying that, I do believe it's established that both. Susie and Kelly are 18, and at this point, Sam is no longer their teacher. So while this is very borderline, I don't think it gets the direct disqualification of the other one. It is still a very, like, questionable situation that should not have been nominated for Best Kiss, maybe. Yeah, weirdly enough, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, like, skirts the line. Absolutely. Um, Matt Dillon's not, I mean, it's one of the weird things, too, is that he, if I'm not mistaken, is not even that much older than than these these actors. Um, like I'm I'm looking now. I mean he's he's I think he's born in like sixty seven. He's four years older than than them, I think, or four years older than than Dr. Christmas Jones at least. But like he yeah. okay, sixty four. Okay. So it's a little bit I mean I had a teacher in high school who was like four years older than me. Um, he's like in his thirties. It's there's a bit of an influence, but it's, it's not like I mean it's but it's, it's weird it's not- and, the line is it's drawn not like a Jeremy Irons, Dominique Swain age difference. It's like <laughs> a fine. Ex- yeah. And it's also like, it's not like, oh, this is like a really cool guy. Like he's a bad guy. Who no, he's a piece of, he's a huge yeah, piece of exactly. shit. Yeah. They're not, they're not trying to like, um, like glorify him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so while they've gotten away with it pretty much, but the Kevin Bacon character is like starting to like question him and like, starting to like plant the seeds of doubt um and this gets to be like so much that like um uh sam ends up having to kill Susie, and then uh sam and kelly like hide their body um and this causes um uh the kevin bacon character to like confront kelly where uh kevin bacon shoots her like two times in the chest in self-defense um but uh psych this was actually all a super duper big ploy where Matt or Kevin Bacon's character was actually working with both, uh, I think, Sam and Susie because Susie didn't actually die. She just faked her death and pulled out her teeth and put them where they th- said she died. But that we also don't find out for. Oh, a yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit because there's so many twists. Yeah, there's a Larian um, pyramid of twists. So it's like, first they're all working together, and then it's like there is some kind of romantic relationship between, like, Kelly and Sam. And then it's, oh, Susie's panicked, so they're going to kill Susie. And and while well, Ray's like, we something's wrong. Like, this guy's taking advantage of these girls, and I think both of these girls are going to die. And then 
Then it's, oh, no, but he accidentally killed the second girl. But then yeah. it's, nope, they were, like, in on it together all yeah. along. Yeah, Ke Kevin Bacon's character and Sam end up on, like, a boat together um, where Sam tries to kill Kevin Bacon by, like, turning the boat really fast. Because yeah. he wasn't um, supposed to kill Kelly. He was just supposed to frame yeah. her for the other death. Yeah, yeah, despite this movie working on 15 million layers of twists, uh, that one was actually just a goof up on on Kevin Bacon's character's part, or um, something to that uh, to that degree. Um, and then uh, Susie Toller shoots Kevin Bacon's character with a harpoon gun, uh, launching. Yeah, and that's where you learn, and that's where he learns that she's still alive. Yeah, um, yeah, and then she does like a similar thing to Sam, killing Sam. Oh no, she feeds Sam poison. Yeah, she offers him a drink, and he's like, "Hmm," and then she's like, "I don't know how to drive a boat. It wouldn't make sense for me to get rid of you because you drive the boat." He's like, "Well, that makes sense." And then, meanwhile, Kevin Bacon has a partner, uh, Daphne Rubin Vega, maybe the only decent character in the movie. I love yeah, her. Uh, yeah, rinse Daphne Rubin Vega. Oh wow. Yeah, and yeah, and in the Heights, like she's maybe one of my favorite performances. Oh, in she's, that. yeah, um, she's, she's. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's this a thing movie where, like, I hope gets nominated for uh, for best case. Yeah. yeah, and it's this thing where, like, at this point, Kevin Bacon's been suspended from the force for killing like sure. a civilian in self defense, and uh, he is just kind of picking the pieces. And she goes to the trailer park where Nev Campbell's like grandmother and yeah, a daughter, like yeah, brother tie are. But you, and then as this is kind of going on with her and uh, yeah, Matt Dillon on the yeah boat it is she kind of like reveals she reveals some more stuff about this background where she, where it turns out that as a matter of fact um kelly's mother who they were trying to get this mother from kelly's mother's father had years ago had this like affair with this much younger woman who had gotten her pregnant and then had essentially dropped her off in this trailer park where this grand where this like woman took her in, and the mom kind of did not last long, but the little girl survived. And she raised this little girl, who was like a genius, kind of. A genius intellect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... So, <laughs> so, in case you're keeping track, the reveal isn't that she's Denise Richards' sister. The reveal is she's Denise Richards' aunt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is just such an added layer of, wait, why? You just... Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then uh, Bill Murray's yeah. character was also in on in on I guess everything to some degree. Um, yeah, he he's just kind of waiting to like hand the money off to whoever's still there at the end, <laughs> and he's gonna take his cut and not ask questions and just walk <laughs> off. <laughs> it is a a wonderful wonderful uh, That's uh, experience. I would. Oh uh, yeah, because you also find out like Kevin Bacon killed someone in like a trailer park as like a thing, and Susie was a witness, so he framed her for drug possession. Oh yeah, and yeah. like it's just all the layers of complicated revenge and yeah, and ultimately like Daphne Rubin like is just kind of just going in at the tra tragedy, and then she's like, yeah, but you know Susie's like a genius, and then she walks by and like. This has like rubber. He's like been gator wrestling or whatever is there. And it's like, oh, is that your boat? It's like, oh no, no, that's Susie's boat. Yeah, she loves to sail. Just <laughs> and that's when they oh no, Matt but like Matt Dillon's been poisoned slightly before that. But like yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like the extra extra level. Oh my god. Like, 
Right, they can't just leave it that, oh, she, so she killed him, so she must know how to sail. They have to have that thing to underline. No, yeah, she knows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the credits is just more stuff you didn't know, which is that she, that, in fact, Matt Dillon was having sex with Kelly when he was, like, her guidance counselor. Like, uh, and that's how, and Susie blackmails him into doing this whole scheme with her. Yeah, Jesus. this movie is the twistiest, yeah. twistiest movie I've ever yeah. watched. And then she also puts him on Kevin Bacon's trail, and then it ends with Bill Murray going, hey, remind me never to piss you off. And then he just gives this very sincere, like, uh, be uh, be good, as he gives her, like, this briefcase. Oh, because it's not all the money, it's, yeah, he's giving her a check and then a briefcase full of cash that's just walking around money. Huh, yeah. <laughs> what a what a wild movie. Yeah, um but yeah, so the kiss uh again not much to say other than it's weird, like it's borderline, but also it becomes it becomes the it's the first three way kiss nominated at the MTV movie awards. But not only is it not the last, but four three way kisses have been nominated for MTV movie awards. And of the, of those four, two have won, and the fourth one only lost because it was nominated against because it was in the same year as like the second winner. So after like, yeah, so after Wild Things loses, the voters become much more interested in the idea of the three way kiss. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which we'll learn when we talk about Starsky and Hutch and. Uh, we're the Millers and um, Spring Breakers. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Oh, I, I have one quick thing to add, sort of related to Wild Things, a movie I did not finish, um, <laughs> but a really good movie in a similar mold from from a similar from a few years ago, um, starring Matt Dillon, co-starring Matt Dillon, is Gus Van Sant's To Die For, um, an exceptionally um, good black comedy um uh really just like stunning movie uh, i had seen the poster for a long time like i i kind of recalled it um it's this very memorable like nicole kidman um poster and it is um it, and i found out recently the movie was written by the great buck henry who like you know just a great old uh comedic uh writer and director worked with warren Beatty a, a bunch um and uh, this movie is great, and Matt um, Dillon is really great in it. Um, and it is of a similar mold, and I like it a lot more than Wild Things. It is just as nuts as that movie. Um, <laughs> it's great. I would say that anyone listening who like, you know, likes um, 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 recent things like, um, you know, like the the twistiness of I Tanya, a movie I don't like at all, but like, you know, a lot of people really do um like it and and like that style and say so like it's one of the it's a very good um twisty zippy little black comedy crime oh, drama yeah. thing and it, it rules and i definitely think it's better than wild i don't know why i tanya is that what i i think it's because i tanya plays so much stylistically with itself and like has a lot of like direct address and weird things that to die for also has wild things never really does that kind of thing wild things is just sort of like a classic like soap opera with like cocaine and stuff yeah Pretty or like it has the heart of cocaine. I can't remember if they actually do cocaine. They probably do. Um, Someone anyway. does in something about Mary, but yes, they yeah. do. Um, but anyway, to die for great movie. Gus Van Sant, uh, Matt Dillon's great in it. So is Nicole Kidman. So is Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Uh, great cast. 
Kurtwood Smith, Wayne Knight, um, just uh, Casey Affleck's in it too. Um, just great, great, great movie. So yeah, right. and David yeah. Cronenberg, David Cronenberg, Canadian export. David Cronenberg is is great. In it. Hey, yeah, hey. Only in a brief, a brief little cameo, but he's really good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to, had to throw that wreck out because I really like it, and I, I don't think that movie got nominated for any uh, any kisses, uh, so it wouldn't have been talked about. And in fact, I don't think it got any MTV Movie Awards at all. So who knows yeah. if it'll ever be talked about on this show? But great. Movie. Unless unless it's Space Jam Two, we don't talk about any movies. For this <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and Matt Dillon joins the club. Ben will know with Jeff Daniels and Ben Affleck as. Actors who are in multiple Best Kiss movies the same year. Just popping popping up as things. I believe it's just those, like... Well, I mean, I believe it's just been those three so far. Because oh, yeah. he's also playing, like, a, a similarly sleazy character in another film. But, um... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any more Wild Things thoughts, Ben? No, I really? think I went through, um... Yeah, I think it would all through all my notes and all my all my thoughts. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the last thing I had is Nev Campbell had a no nudity waiver in her contract for this movie, and Denise Richards did not. But like her lawyer negotiated for spots where essentially everything that was shown. So you know, again, it helps. That both of them are also in their twenties, but like, mm. yeah. Um and. Oh yeah, they also Nev Campbell and Denise Richards kiss in a pool at some point. Another kiss that probably would have gotten nominated if this three-way one did not. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but now is hmm. Yeah. This isn't gonna be as tough to do as the segment from next week, because I think there's stuff we can um, the next film we have is Lolita. It is disqualified if if the only thing you know about Lolita is hey. What, wasn't a certain political figure's plane named the Lolita Express? That might be a clue as to why this is qualified. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, the, the last time we really disqualified a film, Kate Fear, we still gave a synopsis of this. Lolita, I really want to keep that as short as possible. Yeah, because, but, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's just a gross movie. And it is aware that it's gross, but I'm not sure how much that helps. It's, uh, yeah, we have, yeah. Oh, I have some, like, thoughts on, like, con content. Uh, do you have any no notes for Ben? Like, we can... Oh, yeah, um, so, Mike, I think my... Yeah, a lot of my notes are just, like, ah, oh, this is this is really awkward, but I think my two notes um, that are, like, the standout the most is that um, there's a scene where the camera stretches, and he looks exactly like Jordan Peterson. Um <laughs> Uh, and then my last note is just, I feel hollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, I think those are my two kind of standout notes. Everything else is just like, uh, I think I just have notes that is just like the uh, emoticon where it's just colon forward slash. Um, yeah, I think my notes at the top are like, this movie came out in 1997. Why include this? Such an uncomfortable movie. <laughs> It's because they didn't really get released fully until 1998, uh, like widely, because yeah. for controversies, well, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Last note. Um, clearly, the most thing that probably, um, you know, most offensive, most aged poorly thing is that I'm not sure how politically correct those um, TP hotels were. Um, really, <laughs> yeah, didn't age well. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Lolita, Lolita, Lolita. Um, 
Yeah, before we get into what I want to have, which is a conversation about why we think this film was nominated, I will give some, like, thoughts. So, this film, directed by Adrian Lin, who, I think you brought this up on air even, or at least off, like, off air, but, like, that you like him as a, oh, yeah, no, this, yeah, this was in the episode. Um, you yeah. like him as a filmmaker, basically. Like, he did Indecent Proposal. I do, yeah. That. He is yeah. one of the like he's he is one of these directors who is like like I and I think that he has like not been like really in the conversation much over the last like decade or so because he hasn't made a movie in ten years. Um, his last movie was was Unfaithful with Richard Gere and Diane yeah. Lane, which like really does not exist. Um, well, he does have a movie coming out next year. He does, and I think and that that will like bring him a little bit more into the the conversation again. But like, yeah, yeah. decent proposal, yeah. Jacob's Ladder, Fatal Attraction. Flashdance. I mean, he he is known for these yeah. incredibly stylistic um, um, things, like the, the and like these these sexy thrillers that are just um, you know really really influential, um, especially in the in the in the eighties and nineties. And I mean, like you know, indecent proposals, just like just a notorious um, uh, uh, thing, and just like you know, Redford is incredible in it, and so is Demi Moore. I mean, it is like it's it's great like it is um and and he's really good at what he does i sort of question um <laughs> um you know if if um i kind of question if there's like still a place for like the kinds of movies he made like lolita obviously like i have not seen it but lolita is certainly the one that i mean it was the second to last movie so, you know, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Obviously, the thing that's going to become the most notable about this film he has coming out next year is that its stars are Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas in the film that brought yeah. them together. And they'll have been long broken up by the time it comes out. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this film, yeah. And Ben and I gave, like, Indecent Proposal. Like, we, we stood by the Academy. That's what we call the... Yeah, regular people who call into the MTV Movie Awards that year, <laughs> and but we like gave it the best kiss. Um, so I yeah, really, so, I really liked Indecent Proposal. I thought it was super compelling. Um, I like. Um, yeah. So this film, something. Oh yeah. If if people like don't know, I'll say Lolita. To give the most simplest thing is about an. It is. A rem it is a remake or I would say more a readaption. It's based on a book that was made into a movie in the sixties by Stanley Kubrick. Which I had will much say on the record, I think is a good movie. And I think that the book is good. I think that they are both enormously disgusting. Um and have introduced uh they have done more harm than good. But those that is my two cents is that I, I think it is a good book with um, that, that that like could not, you know, I don't like to say this about things, but um, could not could, should not be published today. Uh, meaning like if yeah. someone wrote it today should probably should not be uh, under these circumstances. Same thing with the movie. Um, uh, yeah. um, I, I'm going to give the rest of it to you, Kenny. I will have I have something yeah. to add about Lolita when we wrap like Lolita as a whole when, when, when this part's wrapped up. But all I will say is that I do think the Kubrick film is worth watching. I really, really do. Um, I, I think it is some stunning work from him and it is some really stunning um, performance work, especially um, by Shelley Winters. So that's, that's my two cents. Um, just yeah. Wanted to say that, but I, I 
am fully on board with only like what you are going to say about it because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I have not read the book. I did watch the like Kubrick one to see if I liked it better. Turns out I like it a lot better because as much as Kubrick has gone on, like went on for the years of how like he maybe wouldn't have made it if he realized how much he'd have been under, um, I think, and obviously like, Art should be should art be challenging? Yes. It should should it always make the audience feel comfortable? No. Uh no, art should definitely make people feel uncomfortable. Um, does that mean that you should necessarily film yeah. a movie with multiple scenes where uh where like a middle-aged man makes out with a teenager? Um no, that does not what that means. Yeah, yeah. I think um wait, uh I don't want to spoil something but um have we all seen uh black mirror yeah 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 have have you i guess i I think kenny you have but uh have you seen um the shut up and dance episode yes Mm -hmm. yeah i think because i think that's a really good example of that you can totally have like you can totally cover this kind of subject matter and have all like the emotional like thrashing and like disgust and like pain without needing to go to such like gratuitous lengths it's absolutely yeah it, it's feels yeah. at a certain point it feels like it just is tasteless and i think it is there is more um like there are better ways to like get those emotions across yeah so yeah so lolita yeah essentially it's a it's a professor and he it becomes like the border to us single mother and her adolescent daughter who is played by a professor yeah. named Humbert Humbert? We should hum- Humbert Humbert. <laughs> oh, yes, which like, makes thought, him sound like a goddamn rolled doll character. Yeah. I thought I thought I miss I thought I mistyped in my notes, but I do have no, Humbert, Humbert Humbert. This motherfucker's <laughs> name is Humbert Humbert. <laughs> um, <hysterical>. Yeah, <laughs> it makes him yeah. scarier too. I should say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the Cuber film also doesn't really clarify how old the lead is supposed to be, other than vaguely mm-hmm. like seventeen-ish and. Right. In the book, she's maybe like twelve, and this mm-hmm. one, I believe, she's around fourteen. Yeah. Um, but he gets, but he is smitten with her. He marries her to be near her. The mother finds out and is going to remove him from their lives, but then she is struck by a car and killed. So he essentially, under the guise of just her regular step stepdaughter, like he takes her around the country and they have a relationship and eventually they are pursued and she is taken from him by another older man who in the Kubrick version is played by Peter Sellers in a variety of disguises. And Uh, that's, I think some people's complaints about the Kubrick ones from fans of the book where they're like, there's too much of Quilty and like this thing. But I think it's funny when like Peter Sellers is just doing different Quilty. It's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, eventually, he, yeah, so she's taken away. Years later, he gets a money from her or a letter asking for money. And she is now married to a different person and pregnant. And her husband knows nothing of her than, oh, he's her stepfather. And then finds out that, yeah, that Quilty, like, basically had taken her and. I like in in the Kubrick one. I think it's just her. In I don't know how this goes to the book, but basically, she was not the first young girl Quilty had taken, and there is no. Yeah, it's it is um, 
Right. He wanted, both wanted not, to exploit yeah. her, and yeah. she right. essentially refused, and he abandoned her. So he right. murders Quilty uh-huh. and is arrested and dies in prison. And then Lolita also dies from childbirth complications, so not in the Kubrick version. Um, yeah, so um, it's a lot. It is a film it is about... It is a film about what I would argue is um, maybe the one of the most unforgivable taboos in society. And I, knowing this, I don't want to like hammer this film with like any kind of bad faith arguments like against against it because I know this is uh, pedophilia is something that is thrown around by certain people like baselessly, which is not there. It's. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I, funny I, you brought up that Black Mirror episode, Ben, because I was also like thinking of that one, and then yeah, yeah, I think I think there, there, yeah, there can totally be like a difference between like I, I think it is like a notable distinction between like being like a pedophile and just like messaging things irresponsibly. I think those are like yeah. definitely like two totally different things. I mean, yeah. the, I something that I like uh, this will never be a crusade I go on in my life because um, you know I value. Um, having a life um, that that and I and like I fully understand like how like how strange the you know like language but language is really important and one yeah. of the like just a, this feels like a very safe place to say this um, there is a difference between a pedophile and a sex offender you know there there like in a definitional sense there is a there is a difference um, and it's uh, it's it's kind of a and and it's it's. You know, and it's, it's so you know again, uh, not related to this this movie itself, but it, or in this story itself. But um, it is one thing that I I and it's and and I say that like not offering like you know like sympathy necessarily, um, but it is it is something that I do feel like is kind of important sometimes to remember when talking about um, when you are when you are talking about. Um, um, uh, child molestation um, is that there is, you know, there is a, a enormous difference sometimes between the thought and the act, and um, and it's 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 gross. Um, it's it's gross stuff to talk about, but it, you know, just, that's yeah. my two cents on on that. This movie is about a child molester. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad this is the episode where we talk so much about Space Jam too. Though I feel like we're getting yeah, a I good agree. Uh, I feel like there's a good yeah. there's enough lighthearted stuff to counterbalance is really heavy. Well, and you know, this is such a bummer because uh, you know the um, Warner Brothers at one point was was gonna own MGM wholesale, um, and they don't anymore. Amazon does, but like if if WB had ended up owning um you know mgm who who owned the original kubrick film we could have gotten humbert humbert in space jam a new legacy yeah, we could have had him like bouncing up and down with like a foam finger on the side absolutely he yeah. and yeah. could have gone to get drinks <laughs> um get him in oh yeah um yeah so uh before we get into the thing i think yeah my last big thought is is i'll say i did read like a positive five-star letterbox review on this movie from like a person who essentially their argument was oh no the way to look at this film is to essentially do a counter reading and look at it from lolita's perspective and i guess it's something where i'm like you know maybe maybe that's true yeah, or maybe it that. is something where if it's easier to get it but yeah. and this is where i think is the failing of this film which is yeah. truer to the text um while i don't think like Adrian Lynn is saying yeah you are supposed to agree with this guy what it because the book and 
by extension, like both movies, are placed entirely from his perspective. What he yeah. is doing essentially is showing you, like, is showing you this. And then the film itself is not making any value judgments about how it's supposed to, like, make you feel. It's not endorsing it, but it's also not doing anything to, like, set up, set up for it. Yeah, and right. it is one thing to do that in a book where there is, like, there's a bit more of a remove and there's, like, literary stuff. It is much easier to make it play in. And it's another thing to do it, like, on, like, film, to just, like, present this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah and um, I, I will say yeah. that um, this movie has, like, really, really good scenes. Like, none of them are the awful ones, though. Like, some mm -hmm. of the best scenes in this movie are, like, um, when Hubbard Hubbard is, like, mishearing what um, the one guy is, like, saying. It, when, like, the moths are getting, like, destroyed. I don't know, I guess uh, you, you haven't seen the, the actual movie yet, but there's, like, a scene where, like, he keeps on like hearing like accusatory things from um what's like the bad what's the the bad guy what's the um wilty wilty yeah he keeps on like hearing like really accusatory things um and he keeps on like cutting like really like back between them and like cutting to like a bug zapper and like that's like a really like stressful like good scene and then also like the the final scene the confrontation with quilty is also like very over the top and like intense um so, like, this movie does have, like, good scenes, but I would in no way recommend it at all. No, of course. Um, absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen it, and I, I feel very much the same way. I love Adrian Lin. And, and yeah, then, like... And I do have some, like... Yeah. I have some, like, like intellectual fondness for, like, oh. the, the, the book's writing and the way the Kubrick is, is like, made yeah. and everything. And I do think that the Kubrick... I don't know if it gives her agency, but I do think that, like, the way it talks about Charlotte is is very... Or the way it presents her yeah. is... is um, you know, it, it, it's yeah. slightly more um, um, important than an object, um, which which I don't know if I would afford. You know, just what I know of Adrian Lin as a as a filmmaker, I would I don't know if I would afford him the same level of understanding. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know. um, I'll say it's also it's interesting. This gets there the same year as Wild Things, and I like have a theory because mm -hmm. I think because it also put it in contrast watching Wild Things after because. I think Wild Things, like, obviously, like, it's it's not like the characters in that are that much better than, like, Jeremy Irons there, but Wild Things knows exactly what it is. It knows exa exactly how despicable it's, like, almost everyone in its orbit is. And yeah. it is just relishing in that, where this film, like, has, is trying to be art. It's trying to have, like, artistic pretensions, and if you can enjoy this on, like, a level as an artistic thing, like, I don't want to put that down in any way, but like, honestly, again, I just violently rejected this film. I was very mad at yeah, it. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah and, totally. yeah, um, something I will say, yeah, Dominique Swain, the actress who plays the lead, was 15. There was a nationwide casting search. Thousands of people auditioned. Portman, tur Portman turned it down. Um, Jeremy Irons was 49. A body double was used for all the sex scenes, and mm -hmm. a pillow was okay. placed between her and Jeremy Irons' lap. So, That's, okay. That's yeah. That's, that's this is what I want to like clarify and to like have the full thing in because yeah. I did right, do right, the right, research right. on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, that's that's interesting to me. I didn't know that. And one thing that I, um, you know, like I talked earlier about my theater background. One of the things that has become very um, popular in both film and television, and both film and television, and also theater, 
um, is the, is hiring um, an intimacy coordinator, um, someone to actually who is like trained to make uh, performers who are performing scenes like this uh, feel safe. Um, and it's I, I am at the point now where I you know, I've believed this for a long time now, but it is fully necessary if you're going to have scenes like that in your, you know, regardless of if it's Lolita or something where, um, you know, where everybody is of age and, and, and consensual. Um, it's crucial. It's really, really important that at least that was done, you know, like probably not by <laughs> an intimacy coordinator because that was not really a job um, uh, when this movie was made, but like it, or, or at least not to the degree that it is now, but good for them question mark you know what i mean yeah it's yeah it's yeah also never look up a jeremy irons interview for this movie if you want to like keep living in the thing of enjoying his performances without going oh right he says he says things like i thought we were ready for this as society and maybe we weren't and that's a shame um, oh no yeah and i think yeah and i think that is like, that's such a perfect reflection of sort of like the irresponsibility of like cer these certain kinds of like pieces, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, cer like there are definitely people that are going to take it in a direction that is super predictable. Um, yeah. Like it's definitely like on the onus of like the artist to like be very aware of that. Yeah. And then one last thing before we get to talking about what I uh, was telling, this time I was more of the Lita talk than I had expected, but I think it's been positive, but um. An interesting thing is one of the people considered for Hubert Hubert was Joseph Fine's brother Ralph, uh, Lord Voldemort himself. Wow. Oh um, I, um, hey Kenny. Yeah. I, 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 I do have to say, it is Rafe. It is not Ralph. However, I do wish every day that it was Ralph. That's all I have to say. I wish it was Ralph. <laughs> Rafe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't Ralph such a funny name? Freaking, freaking England. <laughs> freaking England. I know. Like all these, you know, all these Englishmen and 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 people and you know, yeah. Um, Kenny, I and 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 then I do have actually real quick two um things about Lolita. I, I know you didn't intend for Lolita to go on for this long, but I did whatever. I have thoughts about it and they're very quick. One is that you abs people out there who are interested in learning more about Lolita, whether you have read it or not, whether you have seen the movies or not, you should absolutely listen to Jamie Loftus's podcast, uh, which is just called Lolita Podcast. Um, it is uh, a mini series. I believe it's about 10. Um, it ended earlier this year. It is exceptional. The dive that she does into Lolita, and, and I, she talks about this version too a bit, which is how I kind of knew a little bit more about it. Didn't feel like I needed to watch it. Um, is uh, is exceptional. It is really excellent um, academic work and also like really good like comedy podcasting. Um, she's very very good at what she does. She is also currently doing a podcast that I adore called the Act Cast, and it is about Kathy, the comics character, and it, it rules. I love Kathy. I love Jamie Loftus. So Lolita podcast is great. The other thing I want to say, just to clarify, and this is like a little bit tougher to to say, but I, I a minute ago I don't think I like was very clear about what I was saying, and I just want to be like sort of on the record about why I felt the need to say this. Um, I saw a documentary a number of years ago. I think, I believe it was Swedish and I cannot remember what it was called. I think Daniel was in the title. Um, but it, it was a, it is a film about a community of people who, who, who have pedophilia. And this is like where, I don't know that I would say my mind changed about anything because like it, it is what it is. It is an incredibly horrifying and sad and yes, like disgusting thing. Um, but it is about a community of people who have pedophilia, which like by definition is a psychiatric disorder, 
who who live in a community um, in Sweden somewhere and live apart from any areas where there like are children um, in order to sort of like remove themselves from that unsafe scenario for children and families. It it didn't like radically alter my my thought on like what you know what um, you know child you know all what it didn't it did not like. I, what I'm really trying to say is it didn't change my mind about like, you know, the, the awfulness of this and, 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 and all of that, but it did give me a different perspective on people who do have this disorder and what some of them do in order to, you know, make a safe space for others. That obviously doesn't fucking apply to Lolita, a movie and, and, and book or movies and book where a guy is acting completely within his own rationale and is making these choices. Yeah. Um, very, very, very big difference, wide gap of difference, but there is like a difference in definition between pedophilia and, um, you know, actual, um, sex criminal activity. Um, and that is, uh, I'm, yeah. And I, yeah, um, it is. No, that's really good to know. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and I, it's not something I think I would like fight for on a soapbox, you know, like, I don't like it. Oh, like yeah, it, We all good. like, that's not the hill. Um, it's like, I, I, I can only go so far into this conversation before I myself am like, why, you know, why would anybody talk this much about it? However, that, that language is important. And I, and I think that it's always important to differentiate between the harmful choices and actions that a person makes versus the, the, you know, the, the, the thoughts that people cannot rid themselves of, which which are indicative of uh, mental illness. So that's uh, um, my two cents on that. I'm glad that it's buried so deep within this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing about Space Jam: A New Legacy. No. <laughs> no so b before we move on, and I'm not realizing that this is going to be the longest episode yet, and also have to edit this on, all in me, like... It's because you asked me on, and I haven't recorded yeah. a podcast in like two months. I've had a lot yeah. built up, baby. Built up, yeah. I was expecting this, but then also through a series of circumstances, this is coming out. Like, I have to edit this and have it out I'm for next so Thursday. Sorry. So, um, but now, moving away from that movie, because I think this is like the real interesting thing here. Um... MTV, what the hell? Just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it sucks, man. This yeah. is like, <laughs> this absolutely sucks. Like, I, I, I looked at, I have, before the show, I looked at all the nominees um, of, 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 of every year. And what, this is like the worst one. <laughs> like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 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 So next, next week, we, we're going to talk about a movie that is like, in subject matter, it's upsetting. It's like has touches on a lot of issues, but I understand why MTV was like, "Oh yeah, give that one a nomination." Yeah, this one. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Even no, Kate no, Fear, no. I understood the Kate Fear nomination of, "Oh yeah, wasn't this a memorable moment from Kate Fear?" Even <laughs> though should not have gotten nominated, like. Oh yeah, this one is is questionable on at in every avenue. Absolutely. So here I have come up with a theory. Um, <laughs> if you are if you used to be a producer for the MTV Movie Awards, or if you could get me an interview with the MTV Movie Awards producers, like one, please just send that out there. Like I would love to talk to someone. It's not just going to be questions about Lolita. I have so many questions about like this award show in general. Um, 
Yeah, so theory. As, as penance for making this episode so long, I will <laughs> Yeah, please track it. I will I will do it. My theory is that MTV wanted wild things to win. They wanted that kind of okay. memorable moment that's like, ooh, something that's similar to like a VMA thing. And in order to kind of maybe boost its chances, they nominated a movie that was so bad that even if you wanted it, it would look less bad by comparison. I like this theory. I think it... Kenny, this, like, is were... this is a good thought of yours. Listen, like, MTV. I have a job where I just wash dishes by myself for hours and think about things, and I'm like, hmm, is this too conspiracy? But I'm like, oh. but Gwyneth Paltrow going, yeah, I maybe would have voted for the three-way, and then Cruel Intentions winning the next year, which I think did give them, like, a lot of things where they could point to that as, hey, remember when this one? Hey. Yeah. And um, I'm like, wait, was this what they wanted wild things to be? Listen, just... MTV, if you're listening and you want, like, a really easy out and explanation... <laughs> Just confirm this theory. <laughs> or like just or just say, oh no, we thought it was just a memorable moment in filmmaking and thought people would vote for it. Cause because <laughs> another that's, thing I'm learning is because the only other thing I had was like MTV, maybe it was just them trying to prove that they weren't just for the teens and kids, because like a lot of films in this first decade are necessarily ones that you would think the teen the teens would be racing out to see. So my uh, the only other thing I could think was it's them trying to show. See, we also nominate adult movies for like adult like stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it... it is definitely a very like it is if you had if you created like an AI that had to like generate like the most troubling like envelope pushing thing, this would yeah. probably be it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's because I also just thinking as someone who's like uh, in a public relations program, I have to imagine that someone had to be assured that it wasn't actually gonna win because oh, like because <laughs> all publicity is like good publicity to like some degree, but like the amount of blowback you would get if Lolita had won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss, like oh absolutely, like, echoing like <laughs> like even if it had just come up like yeah. right. Like, in, in the internet era, where all of a sudden, like, you know, it's 2017, 2018, Me Too, and people are like, wait, MTV Movie Awards, what the hell? Just Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, eh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, fuck Lolita, man. I mean, well, yeah. poor choice of words on my part, but, like, fuck Lolita. <laughs> <this movie. laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, that's the ep- No, that's not the episode. Uh, <laughs> our guest has some interesting things to say about Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> I, I edited the clip of the episode, but just hold it over Jack's head forever. Like, uh, um, some, yeah. all the parts where he's um, but the good news is we don't have to end on Lolita. Yeah. And unlike next week's episode, where it's probably good that we end on that one, here we can talk about Mary, because yeah. guess what? There's something about her. Oh, you should, um, on, on, an, on another, you should edit all the parts where he's talking about um, Shakespeare in love and just put Lolita in front of all of <laughs> Oh no! I got. Uh, I got to remember. Did I say the Did I say the name of the movie? God, oh. uh, probably yeah. I did. I don't want to say the L word. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. So yeah, there's um, <laughs> Shakespeare and Lolita. Just yeah, so there's yeah, there's something about Mary. Um there is. This, this movie is like it's pretty funny. I think I even wrote in my notes, I think I just put the words pretty funny. Um I, I think so like, too. Yeah, I think this movie I think sometimes when I'm watching like a comedy or like anything, I'll like kind of be I'll be watching it and I'll go, Oh, okay, like there's like a way you could have made this joke like land, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like and I feel like this movie often like <laughs> like absolutely like fills in on this. Um like the the scene near the beginning where he gets his testicles caught in a zipper and just more and more people start coming that, through the window. That, that that moment scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid because I thought it would look like that if I did it. Yeah. So I wore exclusively sweatpants for the next like ten years. But like that was that was that was like a moment in the movie where I'm like I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be so funny if like people just kept on coming through the door <laughs> and it happened and it was hilarious. Yeah. It's it's really like a good um, in escalation. Yeah. I, I think, um, honestly, really this good. this movie would be like a like like a banger, like an absolute classic. Yeah, if it wasn't for like the um like the mentally challenged brother character, the, no, the yeah. awful, yeah. awful I, shit. I, and that's, I, I mean, just... that's fairly brothers bullshit. Like, I yeah. I only actually truly love one of their movies, and. I'm Kenny, you know me pretty well. I want you to guess what you think my favorite one of their movies is. It's a real jack pick. Hmm. Open the open the mog. Take it take a look and see what see what you think it is. Cause it's it'll make so much sense when you when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's Green Book. No, no. I'm not gonna throw that on you. I mean, after I already have you saying like my, my favorite best picture it. winner of all time. <laughs> Ooh. Is it the Heartbreak Kid remake? No, just... no, 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 no. Okay, then we only met a few hours ago. I want to know your guess. Is it Osmosis Jones? Oh, see, that's that does feel like a jack pick, but it's not. It's <laughs> that's not mine. Jack. That's the thing because I keep wanting to say Osmosis Jones, and I'm like, no, no, that's mine. <laughs> I will. I'll um, tell you so as not to like stretch us out even longer. Right. The Three Stooges. Uh, oh, okay. That was gonna be my next guess. Masterpiece. <laughs> it is so funny and i don't even love the three stooges like the original three stooges like they're funny but like something about this movie just like i I love it like it it is so fucking funny i really just love it that's all i have to say it's great shit i like the three stooges i will say this does make sense as a jack pick like absolutely it's really really good yeah like and uh yeah it's like back to like there's something about mary like listen I'm not like a hoity-toity guy. I laugh at some pretty juvenile stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I laugh at some yeah. pretty horrible things. Same, but, yeah. like, the brother character in this movie, like, not only is it like like pretty like offensive, more importantly than that, it's not funny. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like in a couple years, we're gonna well, a couple weeks, we'll talk about like scary movie, which is another like comedy that has like a uh, mentally challenged character for last. But at least that one like does some funny things with yeah, yeah exactly like listen, like problematic behavior is problematic behavior, but like right. it's, it's it's not as bad if it's a little funny. <laughs> which like yeah. this one, like this movie is funny, but like every scene with like that character just was like. I just groaned. Like it just wasn't 
it was just like it was the same joke every time and it just wasn't especially considering that like this this movie has some like really like banger jokes that are amazing that i really like yeah there's some good ones and like Stiller is like Stiller is the best casting in this movie. He is he does such a good so job. funny. I mean, it makes me really miss how good he was at this kind of thing. But I also think he is like maybe stealthily the most underrated comic actor of like his like sort of class of kind of, like you know the yeah. Carrie era, oh, yeah. um, Meyer Sand. Like I think he might actually be the most underrated um, as far as like comedic skill. He's excellent. Uh, this is He's kind so of yeah. This is kind of tangential. Um, and one of you has to know this. Where does Night in the Museum three take place? Um, in the in the museum, it, doesn't it? Isn't that isn't that the Washington one? Or is, no, uh, mate, it's no, too well. I, think, I lived in DC for so long. I should I think know. Two, I think two. No, wait. Two is isn't one? Don't they go to London? Like they might. I'll be honest. I don't even know if I've seen it. All I know is that one is like the museum, like the main one. The second one's the Smithsonian, and like that has like the Lincoln in it, has like the Lincoln Memorial and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, two. Not two two <laughs> we are t- over two hours into this episode, and I am now like Wikipedia in the third night of the museum. <laughs> and, and, and guys, I still have things on my list that I told you I was gonna talk about, no matter what. That I haven't. Oh no, this is yet. we're going long. <laughs> okay, yeah, the British Museum. The oh, okay. of the two. Is that where they are? That's so weird. Yeah. God, that's weird. Um, oh. is, did they get Rami Malik back for that? That's my question. Oh. That. Yes, yes. Rami Malik reprises his role. Um, the other Pharaoh character played by Hank Azaria, not back. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I should have. I should have known that the second one was the DC one because it is the Battle of the Smithsonian. I yeah. lived in DC for six <laughs> years. I should know. That. Uh, Did you yeah. guys know there is an animated, um, there is a Night at the Museum spinoff that is like coming out maybe this year on like Disney Plus, but I can't. I don't know that. Yeah, Wikipedia, Wikipedia says 2021. It's a uh, Night at the Museum, uh, Kamunra Rises Again. <laughs> And um, it's CG and is the plot centers around Larry's son, Nick, who is hesitant to follow it on his father's footsteps as a night watchman. <laughs> is Skyler Gizondo reprising the role? Like he's, I, I, don't know, the one. I don't know, but I'm all about that guy uh, doing more work. So, you know, um, Oh, and this is funny. Um, in addition to Nick and the titular villain, the movie will also feature returning characters Jedediah Octavius and Teddy Roosevelt, parentheses, a new actor in place of Robin Williams. <laughs> Believe uh, it or not. Huh. Yeah. I, I guess he's just too good for that role. He's he's busy, I guess. Um, geez, yeah. I uh, anyway, moving on to, to Ben Stiller being great yeah. uh, and, and more Night at the, yeah. night at the I almost said Night at the Mary. Something about Mary. Something yeah. about the museum, yeah. <laughs> There's Night at about the museum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess like a quick, quick synopsis of this movie is that yeah. um, uh, Ben Stiller's character, Ted, um, like it's it starts with like a flashback to like high school where like He's really fawning after um, Cameron Diaz's character, Mary. Um, and he gets his balls stuck in his zipper um, on the night of the prom. So he doesn't end up going with her to the prom. And like they don't talk for like 13 years. Um, then he like hires like a private investigator, uh, Pat Healy, 
to like track her down and figure it out. Uh, he does, but he thinks that she's like the the private investigator is like, oh, she's so pretty. I'm just gonna lie and like make sure that he doesn't go see her. Um, so like he he like says like a bunch of like nasty things about her. Like, oh, she has like three kids and like no, there's no dad though, and like she's like in a wheelchair and all this stuff. Um, overweight she's like yeah 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 yeah, that's that's kind of weird but yeah yeah exactly and then but despite this he still like wants to like see her um and then he kind of figures out that uh she's lying through i think i think his friend who like who like says that she's like a like a doctor or yeah like like a surgeon Mm -hmm. um so he ends up going to uh i think it's miami is where they are um where uh, for a little bit of time, Pat Healy, like the private investigator guy, has been like swooning Mary, like using information that he's like spied on her from to like try and like get her affections. Um, and then, and then Ted shows up, and as Ted shows up, uh, Mary's friend, who like I think has it's implied that he has some kind of like polio, um, which spoiler alert, he actually doesn't. He's another person like lying to Mary to get close to her. That's like a that's a that's a consistent theme that shows up like right up until the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so um, Ted and her so like going on a couple dates like while um, like uh, the private investigator and the the guy who doesn't have polio and is actually like a pizza delivery guy um, are sort of like their sort of plans are like crumbling. So like they decide that they're gonna try and like mess with. Um, his like plans so like she finds out that he that ted hired like a private investigator and she's like really upset about that because like he lied to him um and then just a bunch of goofy hijinks happens um until there's like a final confrontation where there's like all pretty much all of the male roles in the movie who will all have a thing about mary all try to confess like their love to her um ted goes and finds um brett Favre. um <laughs> right her ex-boyfriend the one who was honestly and all had yeah. always been honest and did not resort to like lying or yeah. manipulation reason, or anything yeah and the only reason they broke up is because one of the other people lied about um him to her uh yeah saying that he had insulted her brother yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and then she she as sort of ted is leaving and crying because he's so sad about it she like confronts him being like did you mean all that like do you actually like really love me more than anybody and then they kiss um and then the old man who's been like sleeping with mary's mother pulls out a sniper rifle to shoot ted because he was just (laughs) using mary's mother to get closer to it's weird (laughs) it's amazing I love it. I I think that's why it's in the contention, honestly, for best. Kiss. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that 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 in conjunction makes it like a really really good kiss. I think that's just her neighbor, not her mother. Like it's oh. her neighbor Magma. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought that was like her mother. Uh, yeah. So like like a an older woman in like Mary's like an older woman. Yeah. Yeah. But he does not shoot Ted. He shoots the omniscient narrator, singer, songwriter. Oh, singing the song. There's something about Mary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In- intermittent throughout this movie are like the like the two two people playing instruments, like singing about the movie. Um, like yeah, like the narrators. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So this one, I'll say this: the kiss 
much like Never Been Kiss, it's the kind of thing where the kiss is something this film builds to, and it's pretty damn great. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, At one point, there's like commoner here. Like, I was I was in my notes. I was just about to say that. Um, yeah. I remember seeing that scene like so long ago, like on just like a random like on Twitter. Or yeah. Something, and then going, oh okay, that's gross. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty pretty nasty, but pretty nasty scene. Uh, pretty I don't think it holds a candle to the scene where um, Ben Stiller is like wrestling the dog, and just no, it's <laughs> pretty. I, I'm I am not super often a fan of like jokes that like go on a little too long, but that yeah. one had me in stitches. I absolutely loved that one for some reason. That one that one won best fight that year. Ben Stiller <laughs> versus Puffy the dog. <laughs> Rightfully so. That was a great scene. Yeah. The film also won Best Female Performance, um, Best Villain, which it shares. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it shares Best Villain. Like uh, Matt Dillon got Best Villain for that, and he shares it with like the villain from Blade. Like, it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, he. So yeah, um, it's Dylan, and then it's Stephen Dorff, the great Stephen Dorff, um, who who an actor that I do have a lot of fondness for. Um, from from Blade, and I cannot. Fa I, I want to know. This is why I'm cheesed. Um, I wanted to watch the ceremony um, uh, before this, um, which you know I'm realizing if you guys did that and five movies every week, you uh, you know you'd die. But like, I really wanted to watch it because what went through their minds when they're just when when they announce you know like oh matt dylan won as the fucking uh scummo from uh there's something about mary but also surprise stephen dorf as deacon frost in blade <laughs> also won <laughs> and it's I, I mean, like, what drama? Like, I have, I, you know, before this, I looked through lists of uh, of nominations and wins for throughout MTV Movie Award history. I'm like, this doesn't happen. This, like, yeah, this the is, ties this don't is. happen. It's like Ted Lasso. Like, oh, you guys have ties over here. But, like, it only happened the once. <laughs> Listen, this is, I think, why we should leave stuff like the Oscars up to, like, Democratic vote, you know? I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. No? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with how the Oscars conduct their business. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, that's not what you're saying at all. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, the Oscars, the Oscars should be. Yeah, uh, let us vote for like Oscars. Yeah. Well, I'll <laughs> say the results of this year's Best Actor did feel like it would have been left up to Democratic vote. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about that. About uh, there's something about Mary. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that, that's the whole thing. There's something about her, but you don't know what. So what is there ultimately really to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a, like, movie about, like, a kind of infatuation. Um, right. I, I guess, like I mentioned, it also got nominated for Best Comedic Performance for both Stiller and Diaz, which also is rare that, like, two people from the same movie would get, like, nominated for the right. same thing. But, but they lose to Sandler yeah. and Waterboy. Mm. I mean, Bobby Boucher is iconic. I kind of get it. Yeah, you know? it's... Yeah. Yeah, and then they also have, have like, best on-screen duo, but, again, also lost to, like, Rush Hour. Yeah, and then the other thing I guess I'm going to say and just go into where we're going to see some of these people next is, I mean, this might be it for, yes. Well, Stiller will pop up in, like, Darsky and Hutch, though he doesn't get nominated for that. Owen Wilson does. Um, what is the movie is I watched? It, what is Owen, wait, best, does Owen Wilson get nominated for Best Kiss? 
Yes. It, is it is it uh, with Will Ferrell when he like kisses his belly and shit? No, no. It's for okay. it's it's another freeway kiss with Amy Smart <laughs> and like because he doesn't he like kiss Will Ferrell's belly at the prison. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about, yeah, Will Ferrell has an uncredited appearance in Starsky and Hutch, or yes, he makes them do, like, a bunch of weird, like, yeah, shit. That's, like, it sucks. It's really weird. He's like, oh, no, never mind. I'm misremembering it. He, like, shows his belly to Will Ferrell for information. Um, whatever. I, okay. Yeah, he shows his belly. It's weird, but no, he's... We'll talk about it. Sorry. sorry but he, he kisses yeah. Carmen Electra and Amy Smart. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and while Ben Stiller does gets in like a dance off while uh, accidentally on cocaine, it's the dance off part's funny. Um, but Cameron, but Cameron Diaz is going to go on to join our three nominees club, getting nominated for two very different movies from this one. Um, okay. Just can't, yeah, uh, Jack. I wonder if you can like guess like well, Ben, ben could potentially. I mean, I don't think Ben would know any of them, but Cameron. So, so Cameron Diaz is going to get nominated for Best Kiss again at the MTV Movie Awards. Is that correct? Twice, yes, twice, twice, twice after this. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I bet I can. I, I, I bet I can maybe guess. Um, what I do, what I would love. Could I have a year capper? Like, you don't have to give me the years at all. I can guess, but, um, I would love to know. Like it, like. Give me a year, like where nothing past that would be what it is, because she's got a long career after this. Because this is very early for her. Okay, so, like, yeah. Are we so talking the, like, like, are we like? Her, is it safe to say that like uh, two thousand seven is her last nomination. Okay, um, so the holiday, um, naturally with Napkinhead himself, I think is one, right? Yes. Okay, so there's the holiday. I would guess before that, thinking about. Cameron Diaz and her incredible career. I would guess the sweetest thing. It's Gangs of New York. From the same goddamn year? <laughs> the sweetest thing is, first off, like twice the movie Gangs of New York is. Great movie. But the sweetest thing is a fucking masterpiece. Great ass movie. Really, yeah, really good goddamn movie that ever it is. And it is on Netflix right now, at least in America. So everybody should watch it. Directed by. The same guy who did Cruel Intentions, which is which was his debut. Um, yeah, like, and then his career just like kind of like crashed after that. But Jesus Christ, like, not yeah. yeah Martin, Martin Scorsese has two films that have been nominated for Best Kiss, and it's Cape Fear and Gangs of New York. Sucks. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, sucks. Whatever. And Ben, you'll enjoy Gangs in New York. It's really fun. The romance it is, is good. I, I shouldn't say that the sweetest thing is like twice the movie Gangs of New York is, but, 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 but if I'm thinking about the best kiss Cameron Diaz has in a movie that year, it's the sweetest thing. Oh, I, every time I see it on the list, I always confuse it with uh with Gangster Squad. Also a great movie. I gotta, yeah. I gotta be on the record to um, say Gangster Squad. I haven't seen it, but a friend really loves it, so for his sake, I'm gonna say I, I, it's a great movie. I, I think it's a really good movie. Not even I, a yeah. friend. Not I, even a friend. A mutual really loves it, so I'm just gonna say. I, uh, I have a friend who is a who's a Ryan Gosling fanatic, and um, I would I think for before I started this podcast, I think half the movies I had seen are only because he was like, "You have to come over and we have to watch Drive or we have to watch Blade Runner 2099 or 2049." <laughs> but uh I've seen almost every Ryan Gosling movie because of because of him. And Gangster Squad is one of them really good. 
Well, yeah, so, but that's coming off in 2003, which, yeah, yeah. a big New York episode, because that's also the Spider-Man year and the Daredevil year, and also 9-11's going to inevitably come up for a couple reasons, but, um... Mm -hmm. What? What happened? Well, these, <laughs> there was these towers, and, like, something oh, really boy. bad happened. I, I don't really want to go into it. Uh, I don't want to get bummed out right now, don't tell me. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Jack, you had yeah. some... Oh, wait. Yeah, Ben, do you have anything else to say on there's something about Mary? Um, I just check my notes really quick to see if I missed anything. Um, no, I think I think I, I in all caps, I wrote stupid um, just when, like, right right as he was, like, leaving. Or I think it was, like, um, it was just, there was, just, like, I remember the conflict kept, felt really contrived at one moment, and then it got resolved really quickly, and I, I was like, okay, I'm not as angry about that. <laughs> but I did write stupid in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Jack, you had some alternate nominations because you're pretty big on 1998 as like a movie. Yeah, you had I, some alternates. I so yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say up front, like uh, off the top of my head, like you know, 1998 has a lot of movies that are like very weirdly meaningful for me. Not weirdly meaningful, but like I'm, I'm, you know, there's a lot of movies I really love. Um, and I do have some alternates, but you know, like Babe Pig in the City, I mentioned earlier, I really adore. Um, uh, this movie called Smoke Signals, which was big at Sundance that year, is really great. Um, still some of the best um, uh, Native American representation on film that there is. Um, great movie. And there's just like, a, yeah, there's, I, I'm just very weirdly, f and also 1998, year of both Rushmore and Big Lebowski. And like, like you know, two huge movies from my youth. I haven't seen them, either of them in, in a long time now, but like huge. But I do have some alternate nominations and I would like to bump out Wild Things and Lolita in favor of these two. Um, and I, I won't go in detail like describing the kisses, only to say that these movies feel like they could very well have been nominated, and I think personally should have. One is The Mask of Zorro. Uh, with Anto and the kiss in question is with Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek uh, in the middle of a fight. Um, it is incredible. Um, if you have forgotten how good The Mask of Zorro is, uh, you gotta go watch it because it's great. And then the yeah. other one is Griffin Dunn's uh, Practical Magic and the kisses between an incredibly sexy Aiden Quinn and uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, it's weird because it's like the, the, the moment in question I am thinking of, I just said I wasn't going to do this, but I am, um, is like not actually that, like is not that wild in the context of the movie, but it is just like a very hot kiss scene between the two of them. And I really recommend Practical Magic too. Those are the two I would bump because they're, they're both really good. The Zorro one's not like super consensual, but the, because they're fighting, but you can also tell they're both into it. Um, and but Practical Magic is like, you know, like just incredibly thrillingly sexy. It's so good. Those are the two I would bump. There, I personally think that like they're also both way hotter than the There's Something About Mary kiss, which is like not actually hot. It's just you know, it's the end of the movie kiss. But those two kisses, I go to bat for. So. Yeah. I'll say I haven't seen either of those films, but Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek were covered, nominated for Desperado, so I know their chemistry is, like, there. I mean, why wouldn't you, like... <sighs> like, I'm pretty sure the entire reason Antonio Banderas plays the villain in Hitman Bodyguard's Wife is so we can have scenes with Selma Hayek again. I mean, yeah, like... 100% also I said Salma Hayek and that's because I was thinking of Desperado it was actually Catherine Zeta-Jones and I do apologize um, for that oh. uh, I was very excited thinking about Desperado also okay 
Yeah. And I guess if I had an alternate, um, City of Angels, the insane Nick Cage, yeah. like Meg Ryan remake of Wings of Desire. Yeah. Is... Absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, mine would uh, totally depend if um, if the movie Small Soldiers had a kiss in it. Um, you know, and I was it? looking at 1998 <laughs> movies, and I was trying to remember: Did Small Soldiers have any kissing? Yeah. And I, I don't actually. I think maybe Kirsten Dunst and the boy from Everwood maybe like share a little peck at the end. Yeah. But I will say that it would it would absolutely qualify if Major Chip Hazard kissed one of the Gwendy dolls. Like then it would be on my list, no question. But I don't know if they do. Um. Yeah, and I guess it's a little unrelated, but me and my friends have just like, for different reasons, brought up the movie Pleasantville like four times this month, unrelated to each other. I don't know why. I keep on doing that. We'll just be driving around, and then something will remind me of like the basketball scene where like he just misses one at some point. I don't know if you guys have seen Pleasantville. Um, um I watched yeah. it as a kid. Um, but yeah, Pleasantville counts. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's a kiss in that. It feels like there has to be a kiss in that one. Yeah. So, um, going to the real movies we covered, though. So, um, sorry, it's been almost two and a half hours of record. Oh, so, yeah. Jack, what, what we do now is we are going to each rank all the movies on their own. Okay. So just like do the ones you've seen or like what you've like go go with your gut. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. And then once we've all done that, then we'll all go and see where we land kiss-wise. Like, we go again and rank them just kisses. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, and, I, and I think, Kenny, I think me and you kind of, like, I think Lolita is disqualified from both of these lists. Yeah, I, I wasn't even yes. going to list yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think I have that written. Yeah, up. very bottom of the movie list, disqualified yep. from, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I can I can start with the with the best movie one. Um, it's really tough because all four of these are like really really fun. Um, but I think um, at the bottom I would probably have um, there's something about Mary. Um, after that I would have uh, Out of Sight, and then uh, the top two. This is like really tough. Um, it's like uh, I really. Honestly, these two are pretty interchangeable, but I think I'll put Wild Things just a smidge above Shakespeare because there was wow barely any twists in Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. It makes you cry. I get it. I get it. I really do. I get it, man. Listen, Shakespeare had the 4:30 a.m. advantage that I feel like I was not giving to Wild Things. I feel like I would need to watch both of these in similar states. Um, those two are very, very close, though, I would say, in, like, total movie-wise. Okay, cool. Um, Jack, do you want to go? Just uh... Yeah, uh, we're doing movies first? Yes. All right, All right. Uh, very easy. I'll go from the top to the bottom. Out of sight, number one. Um, but a very close number two is Shakespeare in Love. I love them both so much. Um, Wild Things would actually be my number three, even though I didn't finish it, just because, um, it's fun. Like, it's very fun to watch. There's something about Mary is, like, you know, it's it's funny for sure. I would not put it anywhere near like the top of my favorite comedies, but Wild Things at least is a little twisty, um, which is which is real nice. And then uh, Lolita dead last because uh, I didn't watch it, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, yeah. Um, I'll actually change mine. Shakespeare is actually on top. I forgot they said Among Us. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna speed around mine. There's something about like I mean Lolita and Lolita yeah, and Hell Lolita, not not the person like the movie. Um <laughs> then there's something about Mary, yeah, good good movie, or better films. Um then yeah, then out of then out of sight and wild things, probably in like a similar position in terms of how much I enjoyed them. And then Shakespeare in Love, just at the top. Like, great, great movie. Um, kisses. Kisses. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the kisses, I would say... Um, oh, uh, this is really tough. But I think um, at the bottom, I think I would probably just have, like, like the the Wild Things one. I think it's, like, yeah. I think it's like really, like, it's, like, cheeky. But, like, that movie just has so much more to offer um in other yeah. ways i don't feel like the kiss is like a big like i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend a friend that movie based off that um and i think after that i would probably have like the out of sight one uh i think it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty good honestly but i yeah. think we concluded that it was also fake um so that's definitely going to help that's definitely going to uh, wear upon my weightings of it uh, but it's still no no the out of sight one was real the hotel one was the one that counted oh it was the hotel one Oh, I okay. think I you think know. everything is real and everything. And <laughs> you know what? Every I movie, think everything that happens in movies is real. That's how I feel. I think I think that balances out to about the same position because I think I liked the fake one better, but I think the hotel <laughs> one's also really really good. But um, yeah. yeah, and then above that, I would probably put the there's something about Mary one. Uh, yep, like like Kenny said, it just sort of builds to it right at the end, um, and then at the top, obviously, would be the Shakespeare and Love one. Absolutely. Uh, like yeah. passionate, lovely. It's like a very, Shit, uh, yeah, a very nice love story too. So like the movie adds to it as well. They they complement each other quite well. I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. And of course, yeah. the disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Jack. You want to go? Yeah, man. Uh, Shakespeare at the top. Just a great kiss. I, I went into why I love it. I, I love the hand through the curtain. It's gorgeous. Um, out of sight is my number two, just because here's a, here's a fun fact I didn't drop earlier about out of sight. Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney hated each other. Absolutely. Hated oh yeah. And yeah. This did come up in my like research. Also, she said the kiss was just fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what, Jen? You know what, Jen? It didn't look just fine. It looked fucking great. And I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. I, th this is a message to this is a message i want to send out there to jennifer lopez who um absolutely one of past the golden popcorn subscribers i'm sure of it yeah she actually, listen uh, if that if that for you was just fine then i feel so fucking grateful that you are having like the world's best smooches because if that for you was just, like if that for you is fine i cannot imagine what else is happening uh there on a on a regular basis uh, also, say hey to Ben for me. Uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, everybody else, uh, you can start listening again. Oh, oh, wait, it's still my ranking too. Um, okay, anyway, so <laughs> out of sight number two. Uh, I, you know what? I kind of ha like Mary is at three by default because it's not like between Matt Dillon and two of his like students. So like, but Mary's kiss is boring. So I don't like a gun gets shot at a at a guitar player, which is funny. I think it would because that movie is so good at like escalation. It would be funnier if Ben Stiller like had a stroke while they were kissing or something. But like, I don't. I'm trying to think of what the Farrelly's find funny. I don't actually think strokes are funny. 
but it's just kind of there. Um, and then yeah, wild things because I because it's the only remaining option, and then Lolita, you know, not even not even ranked. Yeah, and I think mine will essentially go about the same. Same with yeah, while while things at the bottom, Mary out of sight, and then Shakespeare in Love at the top. Great, great, great kiss. Yep. We and. Great. Hey, that should do it for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. till next year that I haven't done yet. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, like. Uh, a... Remind me, am I? Are you? Wait, am I allowed to react to to what's on the list? I can't remember what was next year. Um, Kenny, do your thing. Sorry, I just want to see what you guys are talking about. Now. Oh, oh no! Before we get, well, that's at the very end because right now we do recommendation of the week. Which oh, great! Is where okay, we great, great, great. I'll react. Recommend and some random things. So, Jack, you're the guest, and I know you have some recommendations. So, I do. Um, yes, I. So, I I watch a lot of movies, as as Kenny well knows. I watch a lot of movies, and um, and I uh, I care about movies a lot. Um, and I since the podcast that I run and is sort of on like a hiatus right now just because like my personal life is so busy and also i'm actually very burned out on watching movies for podcasts um i uh i I don't actually like want to recommend anything other than what i've prepared um but my podcast is like on is sort of like on a hiatus just sort of self-imposed right now um but this being 1998 I thought I would bring some recommendations of debut films, uh, directorial debuts. And I've got a couple. I'll go through, I'll zip through them kind of quick. Um, the first one, Nancy Myers, The Parent Trap. Um, excellent movie. Great movie. Um, great movie. Uh, Lohan, you know, who better? Um, the second one that I've got, Kenny, it's a movie that you and I both watched um, for a thing. Um, it is Hype Williams' directorial debut. An only film to date, Belly. Um, oh boy! Ex- yeah, 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 yeah. It's from the, yeah, 1998 debut, baby. Um, and it is. Um, uh, I don't want to say too much about it, except that it is the filmmaking is like I still have not seen um, uh, other filmmakers try some of the things that Hype Williams tries in that movie. Um, I should also say that it stars the late DMX, uh, who is great in it. Um, I really, really love it. Uh, my next recommendation on this list. Um, is uh, Jake Kasdan, the who, son of uh, Lawrence Kasdan, um, who uh, di- would later direct the masterpiece Walk Hard um, with John C. Riley. His debut film is a great detective movie with Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller called Zero Effect. A really good little like indie detective movie that I absolutely adore. Great movie. My next one, uh, co-directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. Um, they directed the teen comedy Can't Hardly Wait, um, and Can't Hardly Wait is great. I have to imagine it's a Kinney fave. Am I right about that? I have not seen Can't Hardly Wait. It's, maybe oh, I... Oh, man. Okay, so let you're, me... Um, you're like... You're making me interested. I'm like, oh, I should watch. Maybe well, I should watch so, Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, so, Kenny, let me tell you what else the directors, Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, are responsible for. Their oh, second boy. film... Um, they, and, and their last film as directors, Josie and the Pussycats. Films, hey! films that they have written include their first two, both masterpieces, a very Brady sequel, great movie, which I will one day cover on Ain't Debuts. Um, we already movie. covered it here. Yeah, it, yeah, perfect movie. I actually have a guest lined up and everything. I just have to pull my show out of hiatus. 
And then the next one, another movie, Kenny, that we have talked a lot about, you and I, The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> this is, so that's like their- Oh, so you're saying Can't Hardly Wait's a perfect movie. Just <laughs> No, that's the thing. It's perfectly good. And it's a debut from 1998. It's fucking great. All right, I only have uh, I only have two more recommendations. One is a movie I did an episode on uh, for my podcast with uh, the great KT Jane. This is one of my favorite episodes of the show. Uh, Brenda Chapman, who would later direct Brave, um, and a guy named Steve Hickner, who I think it won't, I think did B movie later, but fuck him, I don't really care that much about that. They did The Prince of Egypt in 1998. Um, they also co-directed that with Simon Wells, the grandson of H.G. Wells, but it was not his debut, so also fuck him. Um, Prince of Egypt is better than you remember if you haven't seen it in a long time. Great, great, great movie. Ben, have you ever seen Prince of Egypt? Uh, not within memory, no. God, it's good. You gotta watch it. It's good. And you um, love it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's really good. Like, it, it, it just, like, it came out, like, in the, you know, near the, like, this, the wane of the Disney renaissance, like, as it was starting to sort of wind down and just completely showed all of those movies the door. It is incredible how many tricks it steals from the Disney Renaissance and also does them all better than any of them like tried except for The Little Mermaid um, which is perfect but Prince of Egypt is just on another level my very last film special one for for special one for this show in particular um, the great Don McKellar who is a, an actor I have a lot of affection for did a great Shakespeare show called Slings and Arrows he's an excellent director in his own right he directed a, uh, a one of my favorite apocalypse movies it is called Last night, uh, Sandra O oh is among the cast. Um, it's set in, it's filmed and set in Toronto. It is about the last night on Earth. It is a great, great, great movie. Very uplifting too. I am sort of like uh, feeling a little bit doomy these days about like you know the world and global warming and um, and and things like that. Um, and uh, that movie still would be something I would recommend to people because. Um, it is. It just has a very good heart and is a, one of my favorite little indie movies. So that's my rundown of recommendations of debuts from 1998. I would love to cover those all on my show one day. I just have to like start making my show again. So, except for uh, Prince of Egypt, which I have done. That's okay. the. That's my. Uh, that's my my list. Yeah. Cool. Ben, what do you got this week? Um. So uh, keeping in the <laughs> in the theme of making this like the longest episode possible, I agree. <laughs> Um, two, I think I've, God I, two, damn it. I have two that I think I might've already recommended. So I'm going to do two of them just so, uh, if I've already recommended both of them, you get twice as annoyed. Um, <laughs> one would be, um, I'm thinking of leaving season two and one, if you haven't seen it, I can't remember if I've already recommended this. Sorry if I've have. And then the you haven't, oh, you, oh, you didn't recommend it, but you I think you should leave, not I'm thinking you should leaving. Oh, whoops. I think you should leave. Uh, <laughs> season two and one, if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, those are incredibly show. funny. Incredibly, incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, my second recommendation, I feel like I did this like in like one of the first episodes, but watch um, all of the Hotel Transylvania movies because I don't want to go to the fourth one alone. I want people to go with. <laughs> And uh, I think the third one is a masterpiece. One I, of my favorite, did, one of my I, favorite animated I, movies of all time. I <laughs> like so all of them so much. And yeah. my favorite scene is in the first one where he uh -huh. like he pulls back the curtain to show the painting, and like uh -huh. his wife looks like like kind of like a normal person, and he just yeah. has big dumb Adam Sandler face. Yeah, and it's 
supposed to be so serious, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Ben, what do you think about the Invisible Man controversy? I think people need to understand that yeah. sometimes people aren't hot. And exactly. we, yeah, exactly. we need to be okay with that, you know? Right. Here's right. my take. He is still hot. There Thank you, you Kenny. That too, because every, because in my eyes, like the only thing that makes you not hot is if you're if you is if you're like a shitty person, and yeah. like that's yeah, yeah. Which he kind so, of is. <laughs> which he kind of he kind of is. I think I. Think. But you can also be a shitty person, as we know from like as we know from the world of fiction. You can also be a shitty person and be incredibly yeah. hot. So. It's also I don't think it's like any of the original voice actors either. But I don't know. If no, I know Sandler's not back. I think yeah. I think Spade is. There, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it's weird. It's everyone but Sandler, basically. Is oh, bad. yeah, it's kind of like oh, even fucking yeah. Jim Gaffigan and Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn, who we elected president this year, is still in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. But fun fact: CeeLo Green has not been in it since the second one. Um, so weird. During, the, during the filming of the second one, he was like, I think he had some like drug controversy. Um, yeah, uh, CeeLo has had uh, a number. Yeah. yeah, some of them. Steelo Green, not a good dude. No, his 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 reputation maybe not as um spotless yeah. as one might hope from the Hotel yeah. Transylvania films, but yeah, you'd think right. But the guy they got is great, and I think well, for yeah. oh, yeah. I think all the people they got to as replacements are doing like a good job. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah, and think, yeah. Um, and then my third one is uh, maybe I'm, I might be getting to people too late. Please go see Space Jam Two while there are children in the theater. It is so funny. They lose their mind when Big Chungus comes in. It is like so worth it. Like honestly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I mean, again, this episode comes out in like on Thursday, so I'll still oh, be in Jesus. theaters. I'm yeah. so sorry, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I knew this was a possibility. Um, yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> so my recommendation of the week, uh, sticking to one because I like to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what, the CW has a lot of DC comic-based shows, and the best one by far is Legends of Tomorrow, which is, oh, it started out as this very, like, pretty boring, pretty, like, not, not, not great show, where it's just a bunch of people from the other, like, Flash and Arrow team up and go do time travel stuff, and there's random, just boring shit about Hawkman and Hawkgirl that no one cared about. And then around the second season, it starts building to just these, this band of misfits. At this point, many of them aren't even from like DC comic things. And they just travel around the time stream and have adventures. And there's like episode, they'll do episodes where they go to Viking times and a tickle me Elmo proxy called Bebo has been adopted. It's like a God or there's one from the most recent season. And this is what inspired this where they go to, like, this cowboy town because they're looking for, like, aliens. And it's kind of a riff on Tremors where the thing is, like, a big worm that's being controlled by the sheriff who's kind of done it to turn this town into, like, this really thing where people are forced to repress their feelings because this worm feeds on bad feelings. But it has a singing cowboy narrator. And the last joke of the show is he comes and he sings a wrap-up song about all of the characters, like, how they resolve their personal problems. And then he finishes, and one of the characters comes out, and she's like, "Guys, I told you you couldn't keep the like cowboy narrator." <laughs> like, sorry, sorry. And then like the characters like, "We'll drop you off." And he's like, "Oh well, that's it for me. Happy trails." And like, 
they also just make references to how bad the show used to be and how it got better in like the next seasons. Like yeah. it's just it's, really it's good. A great show. And as Marvel gets more into like doing multiverse shit, I, I want it known on the record they will never do it as well as Legends of Tomorrow has done it. Not ever. Yeah. Legends of Tomorrow also like a they're a big part of like the last season involved a Mr. Rogers riff. Um yeah. there's yeah, they there's a finale where they literally put on a show that teach people tolerance about monsters. It's so good. Um so now by now we've come to never uh, just about that. the end. <laughs> no, I am determined that this will not be three hours long. It's gonna okay. be like two whatever. So Jack, you got anything you want to plug? <laughs> What's up, Ben? My favorite thing about Space Jam too. Yeah. <laughs> I do something. I do it well. So I have a I have a Twitter um, that I think is like pretty good. I, I whine a lot about American politics on there, but also sometimes I'll just like talk about bullshit. Um, my at is a JKRADB. Um, that ADB uh, is the uh, the initials of my podcast, Ain't Debuts, um, which is about debut um, feature films, um, directors debut feature films. Like I said, we are on a hiatus. I have two episodes that I have been sitting on that I really do need to edit and release. Um, I've just been very busy with work this summer and, and uh, a couple other, like a lot of personal things, but those ups will come out. And um, Penny has been on the show in an episode that I really love on Tony Scott's The Hunger. Um, I really do love like every episode that I've gotten to do. It's uh, doing it has been very special for me. Um, I will probably start podcasting again in 2022, whether it is eight debuts or something else. Um, I need to find something that requires me to watch fewer movies um, for the show because I love watching movies. But when it becomes homework, that's when I don't like it. So, yeah, um, my Twitter is uh, is JKRADB. And you can find eight debuts on Twitter at Buttes Pod. That's B-E-A-U-T-S pod. And uh, we're on all your podcast apps and everything. I'm going to keep paying to have them posted there because uh, I'm proud of the show. So, yeah, it's my plug. What do you got, Ben? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I have my uh, Twitter. Uh, it is at FutAlbi. So that's F-U-T underscore A-L-B-E-E. Uh, I also have an Instagram that I will hopefully be posting a video to um, sometime uh ever at my weezer tier list um that is uh not two pens that is n-o-t underscore the number two underscore pens um yeah and every other social media i have is like really embarrassing and full of like really bad stuff that i don't want anybody seeing ever so you'll never except for the original two pens the original you had you lost those pens i did lose those i lost them multiple times but i lost them once for good um yeah. Very artistically limited, limiting, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm glad that it's it's more like a, a museum than it is a continuous a continuous series. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you okay, cool. So you can follow me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can follow me on Letterbox, also at like Wolverine, and you can wa- find a list there of all the movies we cover on the show and other things. Um our theme song is done by Matt Samard. I don't have time to do a Matt bit today because it's so long, but... Oh, damn it! That's, no, that's become just a Matt bit. Gonna yell at Matt later for that. Um, Yeah, Ben does the artwork. He's cool. We're ho- I've never mentioned where we've been hosted, but we're hosted on FriendlyMush.com, which has some cool podcasts and stuff there. Give him the shout-out this time. Um, 
like, rate, subscribe, tell people I remember to do this because next week I maybe forget and bring it up in opportune time. Um, and then, oh yeah, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod, or you can email us with your thoughts on things at passthegoldenpopcorn at gmail.com. And next week, we only have four movies to cover. So it's going, it's an episode that's shorter than this one, but still almost as long as our Titanic episode. But, or I, I mean, the Titanic, well, it's like 15 minutes shorter. But next week for 2000, the, your nominees are Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan, Never Been Kissed. Katie Holmes and Barry Watson, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Hilary Swank and Chloe Savigny, Boys Don't Cry. And your winner is Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair, Rule Intention. Yeah, um, I've just finished editing this episode, actually. Yeah, now I'll say yes, we've recorded it already. Um, a lot of it is really good, and then there's a segment that's... Um, I'm not going to make value judgments on it. It's, it's heavy. tough, but I think we, we get through it all right. And then it, it's good. But like the, but there's definitely times where I've been editing this stuff and I'm like, Oh man, this is some of the best stuff we've done. So look forward to at least an hour of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and just remember the funniest Bill Murray thing in space jam is when he's like, he shows up or like, how'd you get here? And he's like, oh, producer dropped me off <laughs> and keep passing that golden popcorn. Yeah. Um, remember that the funniest scene in space jam one is when I think they inflate, uh, Newman from Seinfeld with really, really good looking CGI. And, uh, it is really good. Pass that. Yeah. Golden popcorn as well. Bye bye. Oh, thanks for being on Jack. Thank you guys for having me. Right. And the only other thing yeah. I have to say about Space Jam and New Legacy is. <laughs> we'll cut it watch, uh, watch, watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar where they talk about Don Cheadle. Mm. Oh, yeah. Great movie. <laughs> Great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.